Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Forever. Previously on Podcast The Ride. We've been invited to do an episode about the TGIF shows that filmed at Walt Disney World. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Mind if I tag along? Hi. We are not sharing a microphone. Wow, I can't believe we're doing our show underwater. This is a shark. Me? Podcast Prince of the Day? Oh, no. The repopulating podcastulator blew a fuse. You can find yourself a new guest. I'm out of here. Kyle, wait. And now the conclusion of Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, a theme park podcast with hosts who are such dorks, no transformation chamber would be powerful enough to make them cool. I am one of said dorks, Scott Gardner, uh, among the others, Mike Carlson. Hi. Uh, hi, yes. If I got into that transformation chamber, the it would either break or I would somehow get less cool. It would like It would just not even know what to do with me. Arrows on it would just spin around, steam shoots out, mm-hmm. <laughs> thing collapses. Uh, it would meet uh, meet its match in you, Jason Sheridan. How would you fare in the in the transformation chamber? Uh, I'm gonna go even one step farther from Mike and say I would simultaneously come out dehydrated, but also clammy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear how I'm both at the same time, but I just am. <laughs> Okay, so, so, so yeah, it would just affect you like physically. It would almost be like you went to space, but no transformation actually happened. Yeah, it would probably just suck the moisture out of my body and just put it all on like my forehead. <laughs> so somebody expecting, some babe expecting a suave version of you, J- Jason Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, madam, I got worse. <laughs> Aged a bit, several decades, it's okay, we can go out. You've um, heard of glow-ups, this is the first glow-down <laughs> in history. <laughs> Folks, we today are, uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled, I hope there are some audience members who've been anticipating this one for a while. I certainly have been, as a host, to talk about some of the greatest narrative content ever made, that being... Uh, the episodes from ABC's early 90s TGIF lineup where the entire cast of the show went and visited the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, these are spectacular half hour, two part half, really hours of television. And we're going to tackle a few of them today and excited to be doing it with, I think, an aficionado of the genre uh joining us for the first time in a while he is a cast member of saturday night live and the co-creator and star of the new show saturday morning all-star hits which premieres on netflix today you can check it out right now press pause on this go watch it come back however you want to do it up to you uh it's kyle mooney ladies and gentlemen hey (laughs) so excited to be here thank you i i get i I get nervous. Like uh, I was thinking about it yesterday. I do really love 
TGIF and and this genre, we'll call it of television. But even you calling me an aficionado makes me very nervous because just why I feel like I need to be continually watching it to know to be able to pick from everything if that makes any sense. But at the same time, it's so ingrained in me that it feels a part of my my essence. I was nervous picking the word. I didn't. I I made a point of not saying expert, perhaps anticipating not wanting to put too much on you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely like influenced me spiritually in some way. Like I, I, I couldn't, I don't know that I could like name off episode synopses like in, in a, in a moment's notice, but I feel like it's, it's kind of changed who I am structurally. Yeah. You're not, it's not that you would win a TGIF trivia contest, but that's not what it's about. I feel, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tonal. It's what these. It's what these shows Very, are, which I yes. can see, and it's it's affected your your work. I don't know if you feel like it's affected. I mean, seemingly that it's affected you as a person. I'm. I, th- I mean, I. It's. Uh, the, uh, yes, undoubtedly, it's affected my work and my sense of humor, and therefore, like, I, my sense of humor is part of who I am, and so I think you could say it, it has affected me on a human level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely part of the, all these shows are part of the fiber of my being as well. And I know my, my younger sister would just uh, parrot things Stephanie said and Michelle said. These would just be around in the house, like for decades, for far too long. She's still saying how rude and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, like, I, well, I think grew up in a full house family a little bit. Yeah. I mean, less people. But, uh, you know, you could underscore a lot of moments of the Gardner upbringing with... Uh, you know, um, the heartfelt music as the as the heart to heart and the moral are conveyed to uh, to little Scott. Full House was like on in the was on in the right time in like the morning when we'd be getting ready for school. So it did feel like I was learning just as many things from the show as my parents, maybe more so. My dad worked nights was not awake in the morning. So I definitely like in the morning it was the three men of Full House uh, giving me like fatherly advice i didn't realize that that you like ascribed some those were your your morning dads i just thought of it now honest to god i my dad worked night so he'd be sleeping in the morning so my father in the morning my fathers in the morning were joey jesse and danny but i am not i'm not a i don't know this stuff like i know certain comic books but it's in the same way with like just probably has more influence on me than i realize that's something I was thinking about was realize like because when you guys go off on Marvel tears, I wonder why is this lacking for me? Why don't I have this pop culture avenue? Why didn't I because we grew up with so much of the same stuff and not that you guys didn't grow up with these shows, but I do feel like maybe this is my Marvel like the TGIF <laughs> shows. They again, I doubt my ability to like really spit out a bunch of information, but I was thinking how I can definitely like an episode starts and like based on the uh, the picture quality or the age of the kids, I can go, okay, so now we're in the era where like Mrs. Carruthers would be in it or <laughs> Joey's doing the Ranger Joe show where he has the uh, the woodchuck puppet or like there's certain things I could sort of you know, spit out on right. site about these, uh, these shows. You're, you're probably, I'm trying to think if there's a bigger Urkel fan I know than you, I feel like, and I don't even, <laughs> is that like, accurate really? I don't I think you made this observation like, before I, I've thought about it, but I feel like maybe it's just cause we're doing the show and we are referencing things from our childhood a lot, but I feel like you love Urkel and, and I, I feel like you talk about Urkel more than any other adult I know. <laughs> huh? Huh? 
Well, I think because I don't feel like I'm talking about Urkel a ton. I almost feel no, like this it, is the, this is that other people aren't talking about Urkel enough. I think okay, everybody else fair. needs to bring up their their Urkel quota. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, how do you fall in terms of how much does Urkel come up in your day to day? Well, also I do want to. This is a slight clarification I want to make that maybe is neither here nor there. Full House started as TGIF, but it did move to Tuesdays, and I bet that this episode likely aired on a Tuesday. Is that right? Really? So it was not it started TGIF, maybe when? Whoa! Season five, I think I, I was reading that it was it, it had moved. Yeah. One of the reoccurring things with these shows is that, like, when they hit season five or six, like it's gonna have the Disneyland two parter. Oh, yeah. All of these shows, it, it did it in season five and six. The other thing that was interesting to me is all of these shows are on HBO Max now. That's how I watch them. Because I guess Warner Brothers was the production company. It was definitely the distributor, but somehow it, the ownership has now ended up with Warner Brothers of these shows. Yeah, all filmed on the Warner lot. Warner Brothers logo at the end. Now on HBO Max, even though these episodes aired on ABC and are giant commercials for Disney World, and in two cases have a lengthy Indiana Jones sequence, which at the time was paramount. So there's a real like car wreck of corporate ownership going on with these. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. also really see in all of these like what uh, Disney World is pushing or what is new at the time. Because it gets, like, prime placement. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you could, like, within the different episodes, for sure. I mean, you know, Tower of Terror comes up a couple times. Um, I always fe I feel a number of these episodes, so you can feel Disney saying, I know, I know you just want to do castle stuff, but we've got Epcot, so do Epcot too. <laughs> like, eat your vegetables, make sure there's some Epcot in there. Cover everything. Yeah, they, and it definitely feels like they like they were going over. There was some planning. Obviously, Indiana Jones, they were pushing hard with a stunt show, but it definitely feels like, all right, they all shouldn't be at the same hotel. Like, we need to make sure we spread it out a little bit. People need to have a variety of the things, that, of, see a variety of things they can do here. The fact that they get, like, the big family shows to, uh, to, to go to Disney World allows them to cover a lot of bases of, like, four to five stories going on at once, which can send everybody off to, to every park. Uh, everybody can cover a lot of ground. I do like Urkel, by the way. I didn't get, I didn't get to uh, <laughs> formally state that. I, I, uh, Thanks for back. I don't know. I feel like, I, just to speak briefly about my history if, with, this, with the block, if anyone, if, I don't know if anyone. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this was a, an event on Friday night. I was not going out to hang out with cool people or anything like that so from like the age of let's say you know eight years old till about i would imagine 15 or something like that i consistently spent my friday nights watching tgif and and i think it also probably formulated like kind of how i perceived what like high school was like or dating was like in the same way like saved by the bell kind of had a similar um in influence on me but uh Family Matters, I, I like, I, I always had my favorites. Family Matters was not my favorite at the time, but then, like, I would say in my mid-20s, I went back and watched it all, and, and the way that it sort of evolved into almost like a sci-fi fantasy show, and that they were, like, like fighting pirates and stuff like that at some point, like, I really <laughs> was able to appreciate it on a new level. And, like, yes, the, 
The introduction of the chamber and Stefan like just took the show to a to a new to a new place. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I definitely I think all of us probably agree that we would like primetime television to have more like chambers that would transform <laughs> the main characters into alternate versions. Um, but well, we, is, we we discovered that Honey I Shrunk the Kids show and that mm-hmm. that's full of chamber kind of bullshit and inventions oh, yeah. all the time, and it's like. You can tell, you know that critics at this time must have been so um, judgmental of shows like this and like, this is American trash and this is what, you know, uh, whatever, L.A. law is saving us from smart television. I don't know what was being uh, held up as the opposite. But yeah, I think in retrospect, yeah, we would love if it was this kind of thing all the t- especially the chamber the chamber is just the most fun if you started an episode and you realize that's where it was going because there's like how many like a dozen that end up involving the chamber or urkel's suave alter ego stefan or well it's it's nice that well, i know i don't know what episode we're starting out with but it was nice that yes we got stefan and, and like you're saying i don't even know how many episodes stefan is in but that's like a specific trope that we got used to that was always fun to see but i feel like in the full house special we got to see jesse perform at the piano and with the rippers and like that felt like a very fun uh i hadn't watched that episode in a while and thought for sure when he was trying to convince uh becky to to forgive him for for missing their date that at the piano he was gonna start playing forever it just felt like yeah, that's why I, I think I might have assumed that. I know my wife Erin thought that also at some point. It, like, you you feel like that's what it's supposed to be. For listeners who don't know, uh, uh, the Beach Boys loom very large in Full House. They appear multiple times. Uh, they lend uh, a song to John Stamos's character Jesse and his band Jesse and the Rippers, which is the one of the top tier bands in the world in the <laughs> universe of Full House. Despite them not having any original songs, mm-hmm. they're right. like a cover band that is just outstandingly popular. And having um, so much money, they don't move out of the like Jesse still doesn't move out of the house. And he is also a morning radio co-host at the time. He's got like two right. different jobs, yeah. both of which come into play in the episode. He's doing both. I mean, that's a good era that he's it's Rush Hour Renegades and Jesse and the Rippers. He hasn't been kicked out yet and replaced with Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. Uh, <laughs> we turned it into Barry and the Rippers uh, forever. Just to say that is a, you know, if I'm like doing the the map of what is Beach Boys that I kind of kitschy ironically enjoy and then what speech was i truly love forever the original version from the 70s by dennis wilson is like deep into what i truly love just like wonderful lush beautiful little ballad and then for some reason the beach boys elected to give the only the the biggest song by a deceased member (laughs) to the show full house we are like he is this guy's been dead for 10 years and we're going to like power ballad Brian Adamsify this song. I was just so as a kid, I was so confused by all of this. I, I, I didn't say it out loud. I wasn't asking questions out loud, but I was like, this music video, is this supposed to be good? Like, am I supposed <laughs> to like this? Because it's very like, you know, soft lens. Uh, that's an insane music that's so insane, silly like, like all like the many candles as he's in like a, a no no shirt vest, underneath right? vest yeah. and 
despite it, the rest of the show being a sitcom, you are supposed to watch that music video and think it is really cool. And that, uh, yes. that Jesse is cool and Stamos is cool. Yes. And that you want to buy the Beach Boys Summer in Paradise album. <laughs> the only you know, place you could find the song. It was lost on me as a child. I didn't yeah. know that. So the, I didn't know I was supposed to, I liked Jesse at the mm-hmm. time. I thought he was cool, but I definitely was like, this video is funny, though. Right? <laughs> He's like, looks funny. And I'm laughing his twins are filmed in front of like on top of like in a cloudscape like and then he and like he like an tenderly an, kisses them and like an ann gettys portrait <laughs> oh yeah it's really really ann gettys yes yeah i don't think i was processing the music video element i think i probably just went this is something for adults like this is something for my parents um, but I did know <laughs> Kokomo. For my parents. Yeah, I don't know this. I don't. I guess this is a thing adults do. I don't know what this is. But I knew Kokomo. Only my parents. Always... The only people on earth who liked yeah. this were my parents. Yeah, and my aunts and uncles. Uh, I knew Kokomo because that was always played at like weddings and stuff. That was always played at like receptions. I feel like that was in the mm-hmm. mix. Yeah, yeah. Kokomo with John Stamos in the video filmed at the Grand Floridian hotel in disney oh, world sure. yeah yeah i didn't realize that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh history yeah not the coronado hotel in san diego you might uh, think but let me clear let me get that on the record that's grand yeah. floridian <laughs> um uh, well i guess we're sort of full housing it a little bit here what what year what year did this air 90 uh this is may of 1993 93. Uh, yeah. okay. the first one of these three days yeah the i was gonna propose are- chronological order yeah. by the way and but and also just really quick i think we're gonna we're gonna try to just cover three of these the big family episodes which are all two-parters i was saying to kyle like they're all like roughly the same episode kind of <laughs> like a lot of the same things happen structurally they're the same uh you know technically we should maybe be covering boy meets world and sabrina the teenage witch but those are gonna have to wait not to say they're off the table forever but uh, apologies to uh, f- uh fans or stands of those shows anyway that's yeah. that's the plan proceed later tgif later later on i was just gonna bring up jesse and the rippers doing the hippie hippie shake in 1993 (laughs) well it's interesting now as an adult to watch it and go that song was 30 plus years old at the time it's like but these i'm pretty sure that song is heavily utilized in the uh, angels in the outfield soundtrack as well so it got some Uh, some mileage circa 93 to 97 just at yeah, just yeah. throwing it out there. I, it's interesting though, because I think as a, as a kid, I actually didn't even realize it was that old. Like it didn't register, but now it is just an interesting choice. Well, and yeah. it's how they open the get. Like so, the the impetus of the show and of the Tanner family going to Disney World is Jesse and the Rippers booking a gig at Disney World, <laughs> and you don't really know the specifics of the gig. But then when it starts, it is in front of cinderella castle they've shut down magic kingdom it is all for jesse and the rippers it i think the way it plays in the episode is ladies and gentlemen jesse and the rippers for goodness sake i got the hippie hip they are straight into the middle of the song <laughs> and that I, I, one general question in all of these and i'm curious if if any of you have insight into this like are these actual park goers or are these background actors in these in some of these like hmm. like in, like in that spot it's a good question because you see you do see when you go on disney on certain days at disney they'll have a sign up that says we're filming and basically by being in the park you agree that we won't sue us if you're on camera for any reason so i wonder if it's a mix i wonder if it's like 
people that extras like right around the main actors when there's like close-ups of them in the crowds but then like there's possibilities that they just got stray people far in the background and shots. yeah i don't know when we were watching jane was like look at that crowd they're like rubberneck they're like really staring at the action going on in the front of the the shot yeah it's it's pretty crazy crowd acting specifically uh in the in the family matters proposal scene if you if you really stare at people in that one when a a uh, a big grand proposal is happening between non-famous people this isn't like jesse and the rippers nobody knows who stefan and laura are and yet they're up on the stage with cinderella and a crowd is gathered that goes all the way back to the front of main street it fills all of Main. what is this event is this a thing that occurs (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's something you can ask about a lot of what happens in these episodes that i think is another strong point of all of the is that they all it contain things that do not did not never will happen in disney world but i didn't know that as a kid i thought all of these things were on the table yeah possibly i definitely thought the michelle what is she the princess for a day Mm -hmm. i thought that might be possible yeah. Um, now, in in my memory, and I don't know if this is another show at Disneyland or Disney World, I had thought that Michelle pulled the sword and the stone sword. So I don't know if that plays in oh. Blossom or something else, or I just totally imagined like uh, imagined that. But that's kind of always how I remembered her becoming princess for a day. So it was fun to see it change up. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. That's what's that's what's there. That is a thing where like only one kid does it. I I almost wonder if that was what was written and then Disney noted it and said we're pushing Aladdin really hard right now. Right. Can we make this some sort of made up Aladdin thing? Because um if you haven't seen the episodes and again HBO Max look them up if you want to know what we're talking about. Um as soon as the family enters the Magic Kingdom, there is this setup in Main Street mind you uh, in the victorian era main street there's just this little aladdin world set up um with a big like loud vizier kind of guy and this announcing that there's uh you you, people can come up and rub the lamp and there will be a a princess for the day chosen um can i just add i wrote down this quote and i don't know if this is directly what it was and and i've not seen i've not seen aladdin in a minute so you guys can correct me if like this is actually a major character but someone in, in the group is like whoa look all the guys from aladdin the lamp seller jasmine <laughs> i wrote that <laughs> all the guys <laughs> just like yeah it's everyone the lamp seller <laughs> That's what teen girls are obsessed with. <laughs> the, it's the lamp seller. So uh, there's the ceremony that's going to happen. Uh, Stephanie, the uh, the middle child, Jody Sweden, uh, it's supposed to be her turn, but then she offers it to Michelle. I forget why it becomes Michelle, but it's like rightfully her turn to rub the lamp but she gives it up or gets distracted or something and michelle does it and she is chosen as princess for the day which there's like a bunch of magic a big puff of smoke all of the all of the daughters together say oh baby and then (laughs) uh and then suddenly a big inflatable genie is there uh which Mm. Us dorks know is from that uh, Aladdin's Royal Caravan parade, which was in Disney MGM Studios. And what's it doing in uh, in yeah. Magic Kingdom? Makes no sense. You, 
see it later on going down Hollywood Boulevard in MGM Studios. The the other inflatables, you know, that were used a lot in the parades at the time, uh, you know, Minnie with the fruit on her head and uh, Jester Roger Rabbit. Those, of course, come into play at the end of the episode, but that's a different that's parade. True. Yeah. Nice to see them. Really good to see I, them. I'll add, plot-wise, uh, I, I mean, just because we maybe passed, went past it a little bit but like when jesse gets these when gets asked to perform with his band at disney world there's also this whole thing of him having celebrating his anniversary with with becky and like and you'll we'll see this when we get to step by step but there's this whole thing of like um i guess couples like trying to have sex while at the the parks or like trying to make love that seems to be a driving narrative thing that's all, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Every episode, every episode of every show is about how horny almost every character is. Oddly enough, uh, these episodes are not pushing Disney's very robust babysitting services and kids clubs, which they were really <laughs> pushing in the 90s of like, hey, parents, if you want to get the hell away from your goddamn kids, leave them at the hotel. We've got mm. people, you know, yeah. there should have been one that one at least that showcased that service. Yeah, um, you'd think. Uh, I don't Scott, know. Th- is, is this an uncomfortable area? Maybe for well, I, don't, I don't know what you were you were heading for, Mike. But I'm just I'm curious now. Uh, uh, is is there anything accurate about this depiction of like Disney World as an especially romantic place in that regard? Well, here's <laughs> what I'll say about this: when you're a certain age, and this is not people think this is out of character for me, but when you're a certain age and you go anywhere, especially when you're with your parents, and maybe you're in your mid to late teens. There is an idea that like maybe I will just lock eyes and fall in love with someone. There's a oh, good I thought chance. that on vacations all the time, and you know, stemming from like Kyle, like my worldview kind of coming from shows like this, and people are always like you know finding the love of their, especially on trips. Any show goes to Hawaii or something, they instantly somebody meets the love of their life and like maybe gets engaged within three days. Yeah. I always thought that was in the cards for me in, in Disney World or anywhere. Yes, right, and yeah. I- I also it, it isn't until you're much older that you realize like all these shows are written by weird by like weirdos who had like big old nerd childhoods and they're writing what they wanted to have or like didn't happen to them on vacations. Yeah, I think the shows made me gave me the wrong idea like that it would literally just be like a, I would look at someone they would look at me and then they go oh okay great now we're in love and really I it would bypass the need to like I would have to show my personality at all. Like, I would have to demonstrate I wasn't a crazy person. Like, all that stuff felt like, you know, basic stuff. But maybe because I watched these shows and they made stuff like that seem simple, it warped my brain and kept me not having kissed a girl for extra few years there. A <laughs> <laughs> little more than the average. Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Might be true across the board. Due to the requirements and structure of, like, we have to get this done in a certain number of shooting days and also, like, it has to be two or three acts or whatever. Yeah. Influence the way you thought about love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we all did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not just ruined. you. I don't mean to put it on you. To, to, to stay on Full House for a little bit. Yeah, so... Uh, that's kind of the, the kind of the biggest story, I, I guess, is Michelle becoming princess for the day because now she truly does have royal reign over the, specifically the Magic Kingdom, mostly. Although I guess they go to other places. Um, one thing that I like is the way um, 
characters are around all the time, like Disney suited characters and face characters like Snow White. Um, you know, they're pushing the Grand Floridian in this one. That's where uh, the Tanners stay. And just like as the show goes on, Snow White follows them back to the hotel. Like mm-hmm. she leaves the gates of the <laughs> the Magic Kingdom. That's how inv- she in general is like kind of solving the family crises and getting real mixed up in their interpersonal politics. Besides that, people are just like having little sidebars with the characters chip and dale are uh roasting roasting on becky (laughs) (laughs) adding yeah being very rude in the wake of her being ghosted by uh by her love jesse yeah Um, that's not fair what would they be saying about her now for god's sake (laughs) i mean yeah but she's turned to a life of white collar crime yeah <laughs> what what pantomime insults would they have today yeah um anyway this is another like way that these shows incorrectly calibrated my expectation where i thought that the you you go to disney world and you become friends with the characters they hang out with you they follow you around if you're bringing some personal strife to the parks they're helping you solve it yeah, no, I, th- that is what struck me here. And I do think that gave me unrealistic expectations. We've talked many times on the show, I think. I think I think my initial expectation was that Goofy would just be working there, that the characters were so much more active at the park, I guess in my way, doing like manual labor. But uh, this is a different version of it where they're just very engaged and they're, they have like free reign to go anywhere. Um, so it is a little bit... It is a it is a little bit f- more fun to see kind of what I maybe expected uh, by rewatching all this stuff. Sure. Characters more involved in your personal like I want them involved dynamics. in my personal life. Yeah. <laughs> I want them all to know what's going on with me personally. Well, it's a, you know yeah. you recently engaged Mike, and it's like it's a bum. I just you know be I know the timeline, and I know that you weren't going to the parks a lot in the lead up to this because it was pandemic. And I'd like to think that you like took a trip to Disney World, wanted to ask Lindsay, couldn't find the right moment, were sidebarring with uh, Captain Hook and um, I, uh, Tigger sure. about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Pan, um, for sure. Of course, yeah, in all, all ways of love. You want Peter Pan's uh, thoughts on it. But then ultimately culminating in an extremely ornate fireworks display, like the most complicated fireworks display in history well i reunited my band second level from high school in front of (laughs) disneyland's castle and i played the song i played in high school called rock the house uh yeah kyle you know about second level i've heard yeah and i guess i've heard it mentioned i've heard the song mentioned specifically and i feel like you've sung the chorus maybe before has has it have we heard have you played it yet has it been circulated or I haven't played the original recording of it, but I played a little bit of it on guitar. It wasn't a very good, uh, re, uh, it wasn't great. It didn't sound. Oh yeah, great, we made you play it live. It. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. But there's also a live performance from a, a variety show too in high school. Oh wow, wow, that's great, man! I want to say congratulations again on all the rock the house stuff. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, it was it was a big the the audience loved it at the time. I'll say that. I'm sure that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. How much mileage? Like this is like a, a year of your life where you're getting where you're getting mileage out of Rock the House, or how 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 long was this a hit for 
it's a good question. I was probably there's probably a period in like two there's probably a couple months there in two thousand one, and then it was like sort of dormant. And ever since I brought it back up on the podcast, now I'm getting a little more again. Oh, sure, sure. So it's been a twenty year gap. It's beautiful. That's like a song, like a, an album kind of bombing and then you discovering that it has a big following in Japan or something, which happened yep. to Jesse and the Rippers, by right. the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock the House gave you the confidence to do well in the SATs and then it came back around mm-hmm. and gave you the confidence to get engaged. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so it was Rock the House that did it. Wow. It's Rock the House that did it. But uh, help. I got help from Peter Pan and, and Hook and everybody. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I mean, that's the way I think they can sort of, uh, you know, make a richer, like, more interactive, augmented reality kind of experience is that the characters are around <laughs> giving you advice and stuff. Yeah, that's a, yeah, Bob Chapek should really work, get focused on that with Disney Genie, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have your phone, like, listen to all your phone calls and read all your texts for a while. Right. So and that then, then when you get there, Pinocchio is really versed in what's up with you yeah, and what's yeah. upsetting you. At the very least, Jeannie's uh, Jack Nicholson impression has some advice about how to deal with your family when you open your phone up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Trouble with uh, your mom again, huh? You know, uh, the these shows, since you mentioned dealing with your families, uh, these shows do present uh, one way that I often am a big uh, proponent of on these kinds of vacations, which is like split up sometimes and everyone do their own thing. Although these shows really hit the because they need to do ABC stories, like uh, uh, multiple stories. I mean, uh, they really split up a lot. Like you'd think Danny would want to do some of this stuff with his children. <laughs> We want to see the smiles on their faces. Oh, yeah. And it even occurred to me that, you know, when he he gets a a, so he's having a a, a romantic meal at the uh, Coral Coral Reef Reef. restaurant, um, which gets ruined. He's trying to do a wedding proposal, gets ruined by uh, Jesse and Joey trying to go do their the first underwater radio broadcast ever with the rush hour renegades um but then he then it gets interrupted again because he gets an urgent phone call saying that his daughter is missing and i realized when that happened he is he hasn't been around for any of it he's not even aware that michelle is princess for the day like his daughter has taken part in an unprecedented disney world program never to be done again and he (laughs) did he missed it 100 percent. yeah that is shockingly negligent Mm-hmm, and I understand mm-hmm. he has something else on his mind, but that also seems way out of character for him in general on the show. He's very micromanaging, yes. So how does he let yes. entire children's stories get away from him? If, I mean, let's be honest. If this was, I mean, I've seen there's some YouTube videos reviewing like Full House Disney World episode now, but if this were like YouTube era in, in the time that this came out, there would be so many like cinema pro- cinema sins or uh <laughs> honest whatever's about like what the problems and the inconsistencies are on these shows like there would be like what do you think this is not how danny would act are you kidding me there would be like the the red letter media 90 minute two hour like star wars prequel <laughs> reviews of these just to show the inconsistencies in the characters is that is that what those uh 
outlets do because I see those phrases every now and then. And I'm like, what is what are you talking about? I don't know what these you, are. It's always you know, people are mad that things aren't honest, that trailers aren't honest. And that honest, if yeah. like, yeah, if if this uh, news report or episode of a show were honest, uh, I thank these YouTubers <laughs> for taking media to task about honesty. Yeah. OK. OK. Got it. Um, so there's well, yeah if it's an honest portrayal of Danny Tanner's you know character it, well, he would actually have seen some of Michelle's reign yeah Danny never would have done this they've completely betrayed the Danny Tanner character <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so you just throw aside uh, suspending disbelief okay got it, got it. thank you <laughs> yeah yeah um, one of the other side plots I don't think we've mentioned yet is a uh, DJ Candace Cameron's character is DJ, right? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, she is constantly seeing her boyfriend Steve everywhere. Yeah, uh, she's hallucinating, he, yeah. Hallucinating, and then he does show up, but the, one of the early hallucinations, she imagines him on the float dressed as Aladdin, which is an inside baseball joke because he is the voice of Aladdin, that actor. Yep, yeah. Scott this Wanger. The, this is the type of little fact as a little boy that made me feel so smart. <laughs> I was so self-satisfied by knowing this. And like just a little chuckle, like the most obnoxious like nine-year-old, <laughs> like I know what this is. Uh, There's a lot of kids watching this, but not all of them are privy to this information. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I was exactly the same way. Snooty kid. I also, I remember thinking that because at that time, Scott Wanger, pretty big part, like, Pretty major scene stealer on Full House in this era. Also the voice of Aladdin, the biggest kids movie at the time. Didn't, didn't you think that Scott Weinger was going to be like a Chris Pratt level star Massive. for the rest of your life? Like uh, based on that beginning, based on 93, I thought we'd be like just knee deep in Weinger our whole lives. I agree. Yeah. Charming, handsome. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want to put it. I mean, he's worked. He works. Um, but yeah, yeah. As a kid, like this was like this was a big star to me. I was just gonna say, I, 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 at a very basic level, just thinking about these episodes. And I don't know if we're gonna touch upon it, but like um, the way we're used to Full House presented, like as a multicam, we're now seeing like a totally different version of it, and and it, like I guess single cam, I imagine. But there's something that's allowed in in these episodes that I feel like you don't get in the typical episodes of full house which is like um there's all of a sudden like space for ad lib at like the beginning and end ending of scenes sometimes so like you'll get the sort of like uh yeah then we'll go on haunted mansion and then we'll just, oh and then like they'll do their real line i don't know if you caught any of these moments but there are a handful of them in, in all the three episodes we watched but there's just something so disorienting about seeing the show look different than what you've you've come to expect um Sort of like Scott, do you remember the the Saved by the Bell uh the the wedding the one where like Zach and Kelly get married. It's like all of a sudden they've neglected the way we've like seen this show presented and, and it feels alien. The whole the whole thing feels alien to some degree to me. I don't know if you all felt that. It's weird. It's them out of their elements. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, yeah, rhythms are different. They give characters stuff. To, now, I, I don't think I have it written down. Whatever um, DJ and Kimmy say when they're coming down the stairs in the Grand Floridian. I posted an Instagram like, of this, like, truly, like, years ago. But, yeah, it's oh, just like, then we'll go on. But 
it's some ad lib about like roller coasters and then yeah they spot uh steve like checking in the hotel like oh yeah it was so scary yeah that's pretty much what it is <laughs> and then it was yeah. going up so high and i didn't think we could make it i oh, oh look <laughs> staged interruption Oh, I like Splash Mountain with the oh, yeah. plate. I was walking. Fun. I thought it was really cool. Oh too. my gosh! I must be really losing it. Yeah, just yeah. The out of just out of the tone is so weird. I step by step is the one that felt the weirdest to me. This feels like a weird handheld verite step by step going on, and that's like I don't know what to like. This doesn't, and I was never a big step by step watcher, but I was like, this really felt kind of unnerving. What's well, um, that one? I mean, you know, I think we could jump around. There's, yeah, there's the one scene in, uh, they're in the hotel room. It's when the uh, the the uh, country group has been formed. They rehearse once briefly and then break up immediately. That scene, the audio is so wretched. It's really yes. weird, which you never see on a sitcom of this nature. For any criticism you might have of it, they're always uh, uh, pretty, very solidly made. They're always extremely clean. So yeah, it's weird to hear. Yeah, what is also the problem? Yeah, there? very. When Stefan is transformed back to Urkel at the ending of the Family Matter saga there is so much coat rub on the lav mic consistently for like (laughs) a handful of lines that it's pretty awesome like i didn't know if like i was getting some hbo max special edition of the episode like unaltered i was like this couldn't have aired (laughs) maybe though like they didn't know this was uncharted territory for all these shows they didn't travel they didn't know how to do this it does feel though like in the old days you know you watch movies not even that old movies sometimes and you go oh this whole scene seems like it's 80 yard which means that they had to redo like the sound effect i mean they always redo sound effects but they redid the dialogue and you can see it's like doesn't quite match the mouths that was an option to do here and they Mm -hmm. said you know what fuck it yeah <laughs> who gives no kids doesn't give they don't give a shit yeah that is so, weird it isn't super 80 yard yeah for sure yeah was uh, there just too much um interventions like actual uh attraction noise in the background for them to have like a backup boom mic recording the dialogue too <laughs> it's just too many say no we tried we did have that audio track for everyone talking on a boom, but there was too much Sega Genesis click clacking in the background. <laughs> they didn't let us close the Sonic games, no. Yeah, we could not close the Vector Man displays. Are you kidding? I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna move from Full House, the only thing I want to mention that I I had fully forgotten and and is special is the is Joey at the animation studios and seeing the oh boy animated Joey come to life, which. Is who's doing the voice for the cartoon Joey? Because Joey does voices, but it doesn't sound like him. Am I wrong? Is it? I think it might be him. him. Okay. Okay. It's just a. It's an odd choice. He's definitely like suddenly he's um, super Brooklyn-y out of nowhere. (laughs) He's this little like Brooklyn pipsqueak kid who, yeah, just to set the scene, you know, they used to have the the animation tour at Disney MGM Studios and kind of without explanation, Joey is just like walking and talking on the floor with an animator who he's like good friends with seemingly. I think it's one of the major ones. His name's Mark. I think that's Mark Finn who did Jasmine. Um, But don't quote me on that. Mark Hen, maybe, is what I read. Maybe, I oh, that's be- that might be right. Yeah, that, that sounds more right. 
Anyways, uh, he offers him some coffee. Uh, Joey asks if he could get some crazy cartoon stuff. The guy says, I think coffee will do. Uh, and then he's left alone to start doodling. He draws a cartoon version of himself, which comes to life, is drawn in like simple uh, pencil-drawn form. And then you get the hijinks of Joey, like, adding new parts to him and him bending and squishing and squashing. Um, it's, yeah, and, th- and this is a show that doesn't, Full House doesn't have magic Does, otherwise. It doesn't get say. surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. no. It's, this is maybe the first time ever. So to see some Disney magic uh, sprinkled into Full House is a lot of fun. Um, and that specific stuff that he's, that a cartoon Joey is saying, like, Hey, down here, uh, you're, you're new at this, right? Uh, now that you mention it, could you draw me a couple of aspirin? I just um, didn't catch that. I, not to reference a thing that people have not seen yet, but I was certainly... It's, it's very little Bruce, is it not? Sure, 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 yeah. Um, uh, a tease uh, for the show. Uh, I, w- I kind of wish, in hindsight, they could have just taken this little character and, and just made him like Joey's Great Gazoo going forward. Where he was like a cartoon right, right. character over Joey's you, shoulder the rest of the ep- like the rest of the episodes sort of running the show. You know what it's vi- I'm rem- remembering, and I'm, I don't know. I feel like Scott, we might have brought this up when we were working on uh, the show Saturday Saturday morning All Star Hits. Sorry to plug the full title, but th- these straight to video cassettes, McGee and Me. Do you do you all are you aware of those? I don't know those. They're. Uh, they're Christian, as I recall, and uh, it's it's a similar setup, I believe, where like it's a cartoon character who's like maybe first drawn and then pops out of the page and becomes like this kid's best friend. But the characteristics match this Joey thing, so could be something to do a side by side if anybody has any time. I don't know. I'm, this is just coming to me right now. <laughs> sure, yeah. Pair contrast of young Joey, or cartoon Joey, and McGee and me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I totally agree, though, that, yeah, there's, like, because he doesn't have a kid of his own, and I, I can think he continues to not, um, on Fuller House, so if he, if his child essentially is the little Joey that he drew one day, um, yeah. and he cares for him, he stays that age always, he never grows up like other kids, like, just like Joey himself never grows up, mm-hmm. well, with his cartoon voices and all. I think they could- The st- little guy can feud with the puppet? You oh, know, Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Woodchuck puppet. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. What was his name? Who was the Who was the Woodchuck? Mr. Wasn't it Mr. Woodchuck? It was just Mr. Woodchuck. Oh yeah, I think so. Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ranger <laughs> Joe and Mr. Woodchuck. And then, of what? course, there was the Jackalope on America's Funniest People. Well, or that's a whole other. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's this. I was. Okay. We're, recording, we're recording out of order. I, I'll, I'll. Confusingly, the episode will come up before this. I, I'm planning on bringing up the jackalope. I hadn't thought about the jackalope. Oh wow! In wow. Year the jackalope is weird, right? That's a. This is this other Dave Coulier show that was kind of his America's Funniest Home Videos. Erin called it out. She's like, this is basically, this is like they're trying to do Caddyshack and the gopher. Oh, yeah. Every I've not watched a Jackalope segment in probably two decades, so I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to get on that. Weird forest animal terrorizing. This show was strange. This is a show that aired for three seasons and yet no one recalls. Do you remember that? America's you remember Funniest that? People. Funniest People, yeah. It would yeah, air on yeah. Sunday nights with 
America's Funniest Home Videos. And it was Dave Coulier and Tawny Katane. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking care of it now. We can just, uh, uh, we, we don't have to do it a week ago. <laughs> I'm so yeah, confused will. by the timeline. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it anyway. All right. Apologies for more Americas. I was, I was just, you know, the jackalope's back in my life, and I'm happy to <laughs> be talking about him again. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. <laughs> Full House, real quick, I'll just say, and this is going back to the Jesse and the Rippers thing, real quick. Like, and this is no put down of what I'll say that they should be doing, but Jesse and the Rippers should be playing at like the stage outside of Earl of Sandwich. That would have yeah. been a much more realistic place. And again, I'm not putting, I've, there's great bands that play there, mm-hmm. but that would have been more realistic for him going to Becky. Like, we have a great gig. We're playing, we're playing seven times a night out by the Earl of Sandwich in downtown Disney. That is where cover bands actually play. Right. 20 minute sets. And that's what we're, they should have had the whole climax of the the episode happen there, not in front of the castle. But that concert is like unbelievable, right? I mean, with the the white piano, like it, it has the vibe of like, uh, like a, it's a, it's a live aid or like a, you know, one of the last Freddie Mercury concerts or something like (laughs) this is like, this is an unbelievable show that they're putting on that culminates in fireworks. I really love that little like mumbled. This is this is a song for all the dreamers out there. Where <laughs> he does, but it's not when you wish upon a star. It's a, a dream is a wish your heart makes. Yeah, yeah, yes. right, right. A very breathy version of a dream your <laughs> is a wish your heart makes. Because Jesse's hot. He's so sexy. He has to. He can't. There's no way to do a not sultry version of something. No, he oozes yeah. sultriness. And again, that fireworks display, that is like, how does it work? Like, so again, like uh, Danny Tanner has been trying to propose to his fiance the whole time, struggling to find a way. And it seemingly within the course of several hours communicates with the Disney company and allows for the creation of like the most complex a block of firework text ever made that isn't flashing on and off it like appears once but it's not attached to wires or a framework or anything it's just the floating words vicky will you marry me that just stay in the sky unbroken for seven seconds or so yeah i do think this and i I think i'm being serious i do think this made me think you could do this in real life and yet you didn't do it for your own marriage proposal well i I inquired uh, and such an iconic, just the setup of the guy constantly trying to uh, to ask the question and get interrupted. It, it, uh, I feel like we need a supercut of the like. Would you uh, like to go clogging with me? I don't know what I don't know what happens yeah. <laughs> in the German area, but it's yeah. pretty. It's actually pretty infuriating that he can't just say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By like context act- clues, she should understand. Like, it's an important question that he's tried several times to ask. I was impressed by her performance because I, d- I didn't recall how this concluded, and she kind of plays it like can go either way for a second. I, th- I think she played the drama of that scene very well. 
So, congrats. What, um, do we know that actor's name offhand? Who played Vicky? I don't, I don't know I don't Vicky offhand. offhand. Um, and I always felt bad that it didn't work out. Like, um, I was rooting for him. I liked Vicky a lot. And uh, it kind of deflates this whole episode to know that it didn't uh, yes, it work does. out for them. And that he spent all that money, that, you know, getting close to six figures, I would think, to make that display. And uh, he well, didn't get a sure. bride out of it. And all those itineraries, he made, there was a line earlier where he made everyone itineraries. That wasn't cool. Everybody, yeah, threw away the itineraries immediately. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to do their own thing. Now, granted, most of the adults are wearing business casual, so, like, they're not going to go too nuts that day. <laughs> yeah. Jo jo uh, Joey's wardrobe in that, by the way, very bizarre. It's like... Oh, yeah. Collared shirt with wacky pattern, but then blazer and sports khaki coat shorts. Into yeah. shorts. Yeah. 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 Sport coat and shorts. Which was really... I mean, I, I didn't even pick up on that outfit until his kind of emotional sit down with Stephanie where he's like hyper serious in that it's like he's like a clown that's trying to dress up essentially <laughs> yeah like a real it's it gets very sincere as and then just whenever it cuts to the two shot just like big old man leg <laughs> up on that bench <laughs> uh, when we were talking about like how this the sensibility of these TGIF shows influenced my work, our work, whatever. Like, I don't even know what I, how I can articulate what this is or what this type of joke is um, or why it resonates with me. But the, uh, in the midst of um, a, mo a moment when DJ claims to see Steve and he's not actually there, I believe Stephanie says something to the effect of, like, up next, women who hallucinate in theme parks on the next Oprah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I just like that it's like, this feels like it's like a daring joke for them to some degree. You know what I mean? They're like making a comment on TV culture. It's like contemporary and hip to some degree, even though I don't know that like Oprah is necessarily known for that, like kind of Maury Povich, right. Jerry Springer style, like, you know th that she would bring that on like that would be a subject of an episode but maybe it was in that like trashy. 1993 but yeah but i like, guess these are th these kids are like cool and clever and versed in television yes. and they're able to to like uh riff to in reference to like a dennis miller degree even though they're only 16 that's how tv brained you're right are. and i love and like i can't in step in the step by step episode, and I can't even think of the references that are uh, that are, are are thrown out there. Even though I might have in my notes, but this mix of one thing that I've always been obsessed with, like I want to say Flash. When we get to, I mean, I'm very excited oh, well, to talk about yeah. Flash. Oh yes, Flash. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, Star of the episode. Flash is making years. some. He's making some reference about like what is America because he wants to win, set this, uh, regain the record. Um, for america anyway he's like americans like our mom americans like the butt master <laughs> which is as i saw it is like clearly an analog for the thigh master which suzanne summers was a um it's spokesperson for, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and this is what i like why is it that Oprah exists, but the thigh master doesn't? And this is something that I, that I picked up on Saved by the Bell as a child, like, and on these shows that I, I really am obsessed with. Like, when do we get to choose the real thing and when not? You know what I mean? 
<laughs> the the yeah. inconsistency of what exists and what doesn't exist in this world. I mean, your 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 favorite one. I have to pimp you out to say the uh, the the band on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> That's the greatest. Yes, on on uh, I think it's what is the Zack Attack episode when uh, they have a band. The band is playing in the garage. The manager of the Beach Buddies runs past them, hears them playing, and essentially like says he wants to, you know, I don't know, sign, give them a record contract or whatever. But he's like, they're like, oh, you you manage the Beach Buddies. He's like, oh yeah, but the Beach Buddies aren't buddies anymore. But the point, but the thing is like. The Beach Boys have been referenced in this universe, and yet they're kind of presenting the Beach Buddies as the Beach Boys. It's it, like in a, another a show that thought about any of this would go, well, do we have a, a Madonna or not? Or do we have to make up a Madonna equivalent? Like they, they make these choices, but these shows are done so slapdash that like, does it matter? We've already mentioned the Beach Boys. No, there can be the Beach Buddies <laughs> right. also. And we can make a joke about how they aren't buddies. We can make a joke playing on their name that we made up. <laughs> We're subverting <laughs> right. a thing that doesn't exist. Yes. No one cared uh, at a certain time, you know, but now there's a line in Step by Step where it's like, oh, if this was made now, there'd be so many minders on set because one of the characters go like, we should go check out the haunted house. And like you know, if that, right. hap- if that was shot now, there would be a Disney rep going like, "You need her to say that line again, so she can say haunted mansion properly." Thank you so much. I yeah, there's another one that's about like the jungle boat ride. This yeah. is never happening today. I uh, um, we, we were asking what are second gates that we should do, and loud and clear one that was said was Disney fairy tale weddings, the wedding mm-hmm. show that's available on Disney Plus. So I was I was prepping for this one in advance. I was starting to watch uh, some of the, and there's a couple that is the first couple ever to get married in Pandora. <laughs> and uh, wow. this is a Pandoran wow. wedding. Um, but Sivaco. <laughs> Sivaco, indeed. Uh, but they, it's just funny hearing this couple, these very like regular people, have to say, and we are so excited to be the first couple to get married in Pandora, the world of Avatar. When <laughs> <laughs> no one, even the biggest, mm-hmm. the biggest Pandora fan, by that I mean Mike, is not regularly saying Pandora, no. the world of Avatar. No, but I will from now on if that's what they want me to. <laughs> Sure. Make sure um, you do. I'll call you on it if you don't say it. Can I? Maybe I misunder misheard, but I just just did a double check. Suzanne Summers had the thigh master and the butt master. They were both. Perfect. Oh, okay. So I was misinformed. Okay, so the butt master is a real thing. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now because I. I but it's weird remember. to bring it up because it's less. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it. There okay. It yeah. I'm. I fully. Am, I, I feel bad about that. I'm sorry. I didn't. It no, sounded. This it, isn't gotcha journalism on my part. I just. <laughs> I was just trying to remember what what it was. Um. But it does sound like a. Fa- and, and your point still stands that this was happening all the time. Where it was like, why not just say the. No. Thing you or, know, Mike. No. I. I. It doesn't stand. <laughs> Did I? I feel oh, bad. Oh man, I shouldn't have told you about the answer. I'm so sorry. No, I, no, but you're right. The Buttmaster does sound. It does sound like a '90s joke, like right for sure. That's yeah. right, and it's less famous than the Thigh Master, so they shouldn't have said something that wasn't going to read immediately. They right. can't count on everybody looking it up on a, on a website after the fact. Right. That was. I also love you then. sharing your screen, Mike, and then seeing your your previously on eBay. Just that there were recently <laughs> looked at turtles. Oh yeah, and large turtles too. Expensive. <laughs> oh, they're turtles. big. 
Yeah, they were at one sixth scale or one quarter scale, actually, which is pretty big. Jeez. Yeah, that is unusually big. <laughs> bigger than my son. So, you know, I just you can buy a, a third scale of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, which is huge. Ew. <laughs> and it looks exactly. It looks so accurate. But uh, he's like a man. Like, why wouldn't you? I could see wanting that for you know Winnie the Pooh for something <laughs> like cute or uh an animal why would you want a guy uh you're, you're asking a good question um but they obviously think there's a market for it so it exists so you're, you're considering that one it's about uh, a grand it's you can buy it jesus. for about a grand <laughs> <laughs> well so. it's a good thing to have if you want to like give anyone you're thinking about dating a a, a major red flag as soon as they <laughs> come in your apartment that's a good point <laughs> Uh, um, there's one more of those little like sentence interrupters, Kyle, where you, okay. So one thing to mention, you watch the entire Indiana Jones stunt spectacular fold out, like, uh, not the entire show, I guess, but the full boulder sequence happens over the course of five minutes. And that's another great thing about these episodes for these shows. We can kill a bunch of time. Let's just show all of Indiana Jones and the boulder. Let's show a big concert. Like we're going to burn through these two episodes in no time. Uh, in this case, DJ's hallucinations are continuing. She uh, believes that she is seeing her boyfriend, Steve, as Indiana Jones. Then when the stunt happens and he gets run over by the boulder, and I'm sure I referenced this in our episode about this uh, stunt show, the entire audience gasps because they buy the gag 100%. And DJ stands up and says, Steve, no. <laughs> Silence. Yeah one believes you're actually here <laughs> awesome love it love these this this mechanism of try having to save the sentence this is only in sitcoms and movies but i think we should all yeah i also it. caught how it was fascinating because like you're right the stunt had concluded essentially he pops up, and then you would expect the audience to applaud. She gets the Steve comment out, but there's still like an awkward silence until there's a sound cue that's like, ding, 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 and then the audience applauds. But I just don't believe that everybody is going to be fully silent for DJ to, to question where Steve is. To say that yeah. entire thing, I don't think that the show was timed out to have just like a six-second... Like, it is Indiana Jones dead, where there's no music cue accompanying it. I'm sure you, uh, every, we all noted, I mean, this almost exact sequence, it, feel, it feels like, was repeated for step by step, like, moment by moment. Yeah. Full thing yeah. again. Entire. We got to go through the spikes. We got to. We. I, I like that they play the tension of the trading out the idol for the bag of sand or whatever. Like they do Indiana Jones's tension as if it's the character Flash or Steve's tension. Mm -hmm. But like it is like it's a fake stunt show. Right. He doesn't need to make the trade out. As much as Indiana Jones does. It was fun, though, seeing, like, kind of uh, from an, an actorly place, like, kind of, uh, you know, where kind of Steve and Flash's versions of Indy. I think they both, both of theirs deserve merit. Um, mm -hmm. I might actually t take Flash over Steve. I hate to say it. Flash yeah. is good. Flash is really yeah, good. Flash has a purpose. He has more of a reason for being there. 
He's got the energy. Uh, he flashes a little more energy as far as that performance, I guess, too. I love Flash so much. I think maybe we go out with Flash. I think maybe Flash concludes <laughs> sure. the, the episode. Yeah. I think it's the peak yeah. of narrative content at Disney World. So let's let's shift over to Family Matters, the episode We're Going to Disney World, uh, the, the two-parter that began on April 28th, 1995. Um, overall, this might be my favorite, and maybe this is just... Uh, my love of Urkel that uh, Mike has pointed out mm-hmm. uh, 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 poking through. I, yeah, you know what? I think it's not only my love of Urkel. It's my love of Carl Winslow yes. and Reginald Vell Johnson. I think Reginald Vell Johnson is the strongest performer on any of these shows. I think that's the reason why it's easier maybe to watch A Family Matters than some of these other shows. He's just so charming and fun. When he's happy, you're happy. When he's mad, you're <laughs> scared. I love, I'm just in for whatever Carl Winslow's I going through. I completely agree. I had, I wrote the note down that like Carl is also the most happy to be here of all the characters in all the episodes we watched as well, which is fun to see. Carl's yeah. the most excited. So it's like, it is fun to like live through the, the Carl's enthusiasm. The, the actors playing his wife and mother are also very good. Like I rewatching it, I was like, well, the grandmother's really funny on this show. I forgot about that. Yes. Rosetta Lenoir, I believe, is so funny. And maybe another thing to say, but I think all of in the, the way that I say that all of these episodes are the same, they all start with like a scene or two back in the regular set just to acquaint you. And there's you have to figure out how to get the characters to Disney World. Usually it yes. starts with just two of them are going to do it and then everybody gloms on or it's a good thing wherever that where I'm inviting everybody. In this case, uh, the impetus is that Urkel has been invited to participate in an inventor competition at Epcot <laughs> Center. And he is inviting everybody in well, his, that, not his family to go with him. Well, he's and, inviting all of his neighbors, but not his girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> my, yeah, why isn't Myra? In? That is strange. Yeah. That was, I mean, like, how... How many plus ones does one get in the, one of these in, in interventions contests? Because that's how many people that was like seven, eight. Yeah. P, I don't even know how many. It's it's not like the Oscars where you maybe only get a date. It's more like the uh, Miss America pageant where you want to bring an entire uh, fan section for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just it's like, like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where you get like a table, but you have to pay for the table maybe. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. guys, they're mad every year. Steve mm-hmm. Miller took them to task. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Rock Hall podcast. Yeah, this sorry, is, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I would just start doing the Rock Hall podcast. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, no um, uh, everybody's excited except for Carl, who is too addicted to his police work to cut off and relax for a little bit. And then his mom tells a very sad story about how on his deathbed, Carl's dad, he his last words were, I never got to take little Carl to Disney World. And then yeah. he died. Um, and that is moving enough that Carl realizes that he needs to do the family uh, trip, take, put work to the side. And then she, the mom, quietly admits that that was a made-up story and that, that never happened. That yes. rascal. In addition to the inventors contest, uh, the justification for getting them to Disney World in this show involves lying about a dying man's last words. 
so Brand, it's a pretty funny dark joke. Like they say, like he died years before Disney World opened. Like, oh yeah. I oh, I love that, that flippant way that like he yeah. died way before that place was ever built. There is yeah. so much lying going on on all these shows, like week to week. The amount of lies characters tell each other and not little stuff, big stuff weekly is always impressive to me going back to watch that's like, true yeah. that's kind of the that, that is sort of the like central mechanism of a lot of sitcoms is people mm-hmm. like keeping up ruses huge thinking lies. that they can't yeah yeah that require them to like play parts and pull in people in their lives now you have to be this part you gotta pretend to be my cousin or my wife or whatever um even though like every scam unravels they just keep doing it and doing it yeah, I was, I mean, like, I don't know if this falls into that same category, but I was really disappointed in Laura for for messing with the chamber. Like, that Yeah. No, that felt, sure. like, very wrong to me as it was happening. Like, this felt like such a big deal for for Steve and uh, yeah, that's just incredibly like, selfish. Incredible. Like, that's like a, like, relationship ender for, like, oh, you did something that will, like, prevent me from going back to who my normal self like that's a crazy thing i'm trying to think of like a real world equivalent yeah i say you were on a trip and you like had a car and, and somebody like i cut all the tires on your car so you would stay here longer you'd be right. like what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about why would you do that like i get like oh, that's sweet that you want me here but obviously like something's wrong like that's a misery situation. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a that's dark like a thing. fatal attraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also like some weird dynamics in this of like the psychosexual politics of like Stefan and Laura and the Myra and Steve. And it's like, well, if he changes his DNA, if it is another person, but an only person exists occasion, like it's like, oh, bizarre, bizarre <laughs> to wrap. Try to step back and wrap your head around this thing that. No one was probably really thinking about that much in the writers. No, as Kyle was saying with the logic of pop culture references, I just love that these shows in there. Who cares? Let's get it done. We got to go to lunch and like give us these riddles that we've been unpacking since we were ten years old. Maybe just I still do feel bad about the Buttmaster stuff. Okay. I'm sorry. It's I'll okay. cut it out. I'll cut it out. I'll I'll just, cut it out of the no, no, you don't have to. But immediately, I'm like, I'm living the fantasy of like somebody listening to me talk, like, go off on the butt master. Like, whoa, no, this is not right. And the kind of thank God moment that, like, Mike, I'm, I am thankful that you looked that up. No, I'm sorry. I feel now. I feel bad because I didn't want to butt. Like, I don't want to make no. You know, every the world might not know about the butt master, and you know. Look, I didn't need to tell them. It was too good to be true. The, the idea that that Flash would make up an apparatus called the Buttmaster in terms of like all that makes America great. That's a stand-in uh, for the real invention that is hawked by the star of the show. Um, it could really go either way. It, but it is also worth mentioning that it's like oddly an oddly patriotic sea story to just stick into that sitcom in Disney right. World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, look, Kyle, the degree of uh, knowledge and accuracy in getting stuff right on this podcast is exceedingly high. Almost never <laughs> yeah, I've never... broken. So, but we, we will forgive you in this this instance, but uh, we're trying to keep I appreciate the it. Up. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that you that, that, that you checked me on that. <laughs> and we didn't have to have like ongoing sitcom hijinks where we created a world where we're pretending that that 
was oh yeah well, I, don't, I don't for years i don't want to be talking about like and then there's the episode where he says butt master <laughs> look, gonna I follow go, you around I was every youtube comment monster's <laughs> car the dragula for the longest time and then i was shamed for it and yeah I, you know well it's I best just, if we can be our own regulators and do the right. shaming for each other mm-hmm. we and are ourselves. our own ombudsman yeah mm-hmm. i also uh, thought maybe i'd say butt master it's real and then there would be a riff or two i you know i was thinking maybe you know so i wasn't even maybe totally in correction i wasn't even thinking correction wise i was just thinking oh did that exist you know but well, was it familiar? Talking. Was it familiar to you? Did it make? Did you remember it all, or was it like? It was I just want to look up fam- Buttmaster. Vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah. Vaguely yeah. familiar, and I was like, I wonder. That does sound because there were so many those '90s at home things you would like. Your mom would buy. I don't know if my mom had a Buttmaster. Right. She has like my mom still has like this weird like saucer thing she exercises on that she bought from like late night TV. And I'm like, Do you think was, she'd be upset that you were even like bringing up the possibility that she had the butt master? Mm, I don't think so, but you never know. <laughs> I'll say that. I don't think so. That's why all the whole butt master thread will get pulled from the episode, not the accuracy <laughs> issue. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I run into an issue. Yeah. But the butt master does exist, folks. It was real, and you can yes, buy it on eBay. It was real. It it does. I mean, in the way that it does sound like a cheap sitcom toss off joke, it does very clearly sound like the thigh master was a hit. And they're like, "Well, what, we need something else. We need something else. What else you got?" Yeah, you know. And they really quickly rushed it out. It right. work. You can't like put one of those things between your butt cheeks, right? That's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, a thing. Oh, contraire, Scott. Okay. You can. <laughs> and you will. <laughs> and here's a demonstration. The thing goes in. Yeah, that little ball goes in your anus and then the <laughs> great yeah my issue with my not, butt not, is that the cheeks yeah. aren't spread wide enough i wish right. an implement could help me exactly okay let's let's explain the transformation chamber thing just the math of it to be to be very clear and again i just think that we we're so lucky with all these episodes all the shows are in their primes uh, uh, jesse has the band urkel has the transformation chamber he has invented a machine we- that we now just to be clear and step by step is not in its we are post prime for step by step yeah i step by step has so many characters at this point i don't i lost track of who was what who's kid but i, I kept going like where is the older one and it's just like oh he was kind of written out at the end of the season the nephew like oh well that's a whole yeah well that's why yeah. there is flash uh, um urkel a nerd has invented a machine that you can walk into that changes you from a nerd into <laughs> To not a nerd anymore and in his case uh it turns him into the very suave stefan urkel who i i just want to say i really like the specific mold of cool guy that stefan urkel is it remind it's like boys to men and baby face and like um the vibe of the movie boomerang i haven't seen boomerang but i feel like that's kind of, that's <laughs> just like the t- the type of like gentleman that that stefan is um and it's you know uh, look jaleel with his multi-character abilities i think he really nails it you love urkel and then like could there be somebody you love more and i think i don't know i love stefan yeah. i love every time stefan and you got you you have to give props to laura is so infatuated with stefan 
in a fun in a fun almost cartoonish way like when whenever Stefan enter like whenever he's mentioned she's just so ready for him it is it's the the deepest love there ever was it's like yeah it's like the chase meridian batman thing <laughs> where she's just like oh my god i can't even imagine like i can't even hear the name or else i go nuts one one Stefan thing that i noticed that maybe again is maybe maybe it's not that peculiar and like maybe there's more information necessary but there was a scene and i don't remember what's happening but he's with laura and he pulls out a wad of cash do you guys recall this oh it's for it's when he's paying for the uh the artist who's who's doing their like um their portraits their oh like in in the in france and uh yes uh, exactly and like he pulls out a lot of money which got me think like is stefan rich is he like richer than urkel (laughs) did urkel have that money on him uh but he's just so suave yeah. yeah where does that money come from are like are random women just giving him money for no reason just to say thanks for giving me something to look at because his cl- <laughs> his clothes are different yeah yes. and is that part of the transformation so it chamber feels, yeah it feels like it's some sort of like dimensional tr- reality altering thing it's not just making the human body different or the brain different it feels like it's actually altering reality so my i'm just this is off the top of my head i think the money is created by the machine because a yeah. cool guy like that would have more money than a non-cool guy. and those are that's probably like yes those suits are not inexpensive that's probably like italian made like right. yeah so i think that the yeah the machine they don't explain it on the show but it alters reality in some way that so that, then it t- it takes it away too. Like when he gets back in the chamber and becomes Urkel again, right. uh, however much money Stefan had in his wallet is eliminated <laughs> mm. and decreases. Yeah, if it's if it's on him, but if it's left in the other world, I think like like Stefan could leave his sack of money outside of the machine, get into the machine, and an Urkel could change back, and Urkel could take the money because Urkel still knows he's Stefan. He has memories of Stefan. And where does Urkel go when he's Stefan? Like, where is Urkel's soul? Well, like, there's a, <laughs> there's a, you know, this is a comic book uh, reference, but there's a thing place called the Negative Zone. Mm-hmm. In, uh, the Fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, it's almost like we're like a, a containment unit in Ghostbusters. You know, what is this like sort of not real play? It exists on some sort of other plane, and it's like a limbo of sorts. Is Urkel stuck in limbo with unbaptized babies? You know, <laughs> it's possible. Stefan yeah. lived there all the time. Yeah. Well, with the Urkel Stefan dichotomy, um, Laura's lie isn't just um, breaking the machine so that he stays Stefan and doesn't turn back into nerd Urkel. You know, sure, it messes up the results of this inventor contest, but then the further ramification that, like, a soul will be gone. Like, Urkel is no more. Urkel just Mm -hmm. lives in oblivion now, which by, you know, you always make a lot out of how Family Matters started as a very grounded show and then became about uh, inventions and time travel and stuff. But this is one of the headiest things. This is just, like, a regular family 
police officer with a bunch of kids and now his daughter is dealing with a scenario where a soul is in limbo mm-hmm. because of a DNA machine um, Stefan and that could affect their lives for 80 years that's like they, <laughs> right. that's a major part of being a Winslow now right yeah also how old is Laura supposed to be is she like 20 at this point it's like a few seasons in not sure I, but I think that was my guess but I don't know yeah uh, they in step by step the the two the the one kid and friend are like we're saving for an apartment and I'm like you look like children how old are right. these characters? Laura breaks um, the fibulating rebobulator, <laughs> which uh, causes this live inventor contest that's happening on the floor of Interventions to be delayed for three days. That's how long it'll take to well I don't because nobody's working on the machine. Really, yeah, which I, is kind I, of I, arbitrary. I, I was sort of bothered by how quickly they allowed Urkel Stefan uh, this opportunity, like in what is seemingly a very organized sort of contest. And it's similar to in Step by Step when uh, Karen's in this country find a, a, a star contest. Where she just leaves the stage and then she's allowed to just come back and they're like, uh, now I'm ready. And then she's back in the contest. <laughs> Similarly, like, all right, we'll give you a few days to figure this out. That just doesn't I, I, I don't know if I if I believe that that reality that uh, whatever this not that I know anything about this inventing contest, but they're so quick to be on Urkel's side to prove whatever this DNA thing is that, that, that he has to prove. But famously, you choked in your SNL audition, ran away in tears. <laughs> right. uh, now I'm ready. Back and said, can I get an extra two days? <laughs> then you went and had a bunch of New York adventures. <laughs> Came back better than ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is completely, it feels like a Florida recount in the pocket for the Republicans. <laughs> like, uh, which maybe, you know, what happens with those things are these people like hobnob at a party and now like, all right, well, I'll remember you when the time comes. And in this case, Urkel did in the hotel lobby meet uh, Martin Fisher, publisher of Inventors Weekly, who although ahead of the competition, who then is the MC of it. So um, I, I don't think that should have been allowed. Like the, you shouldn't yeah. get to meet the, the judge. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to ceremony. do Pratt fall, nerd Pratt falls. The second nerd Pratt falls in like a five minute span with the uh, <laughs> supposed authority of this contest. Because they're both nerds and they both bonding. I, I like even though they're not like actively bonding, they're both bonding while they trip over each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. they speak an unwritten language, you know, a, a secret language. Right, of, um, of dropping things. There's really good, by the way, physical comedy, I think, in the lobby of, in this case, the Wilderness yes. Lodge. That's yeah. the hotel yes. that's being Prime pushed. Prime placement for the Wilderness Lodge and Interventions uh, and Tower of Terror, all of which would have been fairly new at the time of this show. Mm-hmm. Those are good things to push. I like. I think a couple of these, they make the characters for no reason kind of run past the sign of the new Tomorrowland at the time. Yes. I like seeing that yep. sign. Two. That's another great thing about these shows. They all like preserve the parks and the hotels in their mid-90s, pristine, new, peak Eisner vibe. Yeah. is that? Do we know what... I assume it's a Pleasure Island Club. Now, I, uh, this spoiler alert, later on in the step-by-step, they are at the Neon Armadillo. 
Correct. Yes. Which is a big deal for us, you Pleasure Island heads out there. But do we know, are they at Mannequin? Like, do we know if they're at the club in this, like on a, in Pleasure Island? Do we know where like that contest is being? Oh, no, the contest is Interventions. Oh, wait, I'm getting confused. Yeah, that step by step is the, is the okay, yeah. But they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they are at a place somewhere. They're at a nightclub at one point. That's what I'm you thinking. You can't yes. really oh, see. Oh, yes. That's, oh, my God, you're you. right. Thank that you. part is incredible. I, I didn't realize when, when they're, uh, Stefan and Laura have nothing but time to go oh, right. date and explore Disney World. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so epic when it zooms in on that dance floor with the light up screens that spell out is that Stefan, Hart, Laura. I mean, that looks like the best nightclub I've ever right. seen. And, and, and I would know. I know nightclubs. And according to that Pleasure Island Facebook group I read, Mannequins was the best. Maybe that was Mannequins. I don't know. I mean, yeah, do people know offhand? Here. Big light up screens where you, that you could have made, say, Stefan Hart, Laura. Um, just watching them date is great. I believe that montage is set to a, a cool version of Kiss the Girl. That's another uh, throughout these. I didn't say in full house, so you get to hear like the full house kind of like yes, jammy I love guitar that. playing "When You Wish Upon a Star." Yeah, that's great. Now, what? Yeah, I I, I mark that down because I love those uh, sitcom musical interludes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And to hear the Disneyified versions, but there was also earlier in this they do kiss the girl, but there's a song that plays earlier. I think maybe it's for a Carl montage and i wrote down oh, yes that song is everyday sunshine that's yes real is that song. a disney song what is i don't i guess i didn't know what that was um i should have looked it up before isn't it by a oh fishbone i was gonna say oh gotcha okay. 90s lauren b type yeah, yeah yeah that part that sequence is the best that's the kind of thing i love where like it's not drama and stakes and characters lying to each other the point of this sequence is carl has decided he's gonna have fun in disney world and put his troubles to the side and then he just has a moment with every character uh, he and Donald rub their seats around. They have a lot of fun. Then all the characters gather in a big tableau and the whole audience cheers. There's just a huge hooray. It's Carl and the characters. Um, there's no stakes or drama. It's just you just get to see Carl Winslow having a blast. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Um, I can't find a good picture of this mannequin stage, but... <laughs> It's possible. You think it could be it, though? I think it's possible because they do have like a big light. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me let me see. Let me take your guys's temperature on this. Do you think okay. this is? That's a, a big light screen. Yeah, that looks Mannequin's like it might be pose. it, right? Damn. I think there's a decent chance. Somebody correct us, if please. I'll, I'll be corrected in the comments if this is wrong and it was not mannequins but uh, uh i have information about panettas when we get to that oh i <laughs> want to know all about jason panettas i'm so panettas. excited oh yeah yeah i'm all about panettas. Um, uh, yeah. uh also here's that joker statue i was talking about <laughs> oh wow oh that's worth thirteen hundred dollars it's two hundred dollar non-refundable deposit too is that like, is this a, like a, a FBI snaring situation <laughs> that they seek? Are they running a sting by, yeah. with a product that doesn't exist? I'll take him. Look, if I buy it and I'll, I'll take him to court for entrapment. So anyways, um, yeah, Stefan and Laura, uh, go on a bunch of dates. They go to the sci-fi dine-in theater. I like seeing that. And then there's this massive, um, engagement ceremony. Love Stefan there. You are the son. 
the rain. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, oh how much he puts into the rain. Yeah. Um, I'm in love with him. I'm in love with Stefan. I'd say yes. Um, Stefan asks Carl for uh, Laura's hand, and he's maybe more primed to say yes because he's having a, a, such a fun time. He's he's having such a fun time, and this is might be relatable for uh, you know certainly Mike and Jason, maybe me, maybe Kyle. I don't know uh, the feeling of being in Disney World, having so much fun that maybe you think, should I live in Orlando? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> should I move here forever? Yeah. That's what Carl's grappling with. Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, it's a conversation we all have a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> week in our heads <laughs> uh but yeah um, haven't pulled the trigger not yet we're all we're all cowards <laughs> not yet we're all cowardly up until jason just one day texts us and goes i did it and it's I'm a here. picture of him <laughs> with like keys in his hand <laughs> he's in a trailer outside on the disney oh, he, ground so he yeah. can vote so he can vote in the local election uh, here's another one of those repeat situations. Long sequence where the stakes of the episode, a little scene happens in front of the elevator doors of the Tower of Terror. Then they go in and sit. The elevator goes up. They get the view. Uh, there's a creepy elevator guy who says, enjoy your ride. And then the drop and it's scary. And the same promotional footage is used of the elevator. All the same stuff happens in step by step. They do every beat of this the same direction, the same staging. Uh, and is the it the same elevator. guy? Right. Yeah, it's the yeah. same guy too. Yes. Um, I say this indignant or something like it's a problem. I I guess why is it? I like the scene. Well, I, was, I like seeing my friends go on the ride. I told, and 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 the ele- elevator operator. I'm wondering, like, and I'm sure we could figure this out very quickly this is an actor right this is not we're we're assuming not a a a disney park employee who actually is an elevator operator or what what are the odds of that do you think there might have been a guy who was really good at it yeah some people play it up a little if they're working in the parks but this guy seems pretty picture perfect you know so you think he was this actor was hired on two separate occasions to play the elevator operator or do you think this is a one and do you think they may have shot step by step around the same time? I think they were shot for, far enough from each other that that wouldn't be the case. I think, but maybe uh, they had the I don't know. Family Matters was April of 95, step by step is February of 96. So yes, it could just be the same together. local actor they hired for both. Or a guy who worked you know, on the ride. Or a guy yes, who worked yeah. on the ride, and they're like, we we need you to come back. <laughs> you do get people sometimes on rides where they do, you know how you like, you know, you would spot a star at Schwab's drugstore or something. Like, you do have people, you go to a ride and you go, well, that person on Haunted Mansion is like 10 times better than everyone. Everyone is good. But it does happen where you go. I saw like there was a guy who was doing the old Tower of Terror a couple of years ago where he was like so good and scaring everybody and scaring like little kids in a fun way it was something they talked up a lot uh doing the universal tour like when i was doing the training of it they said and for the aspiring actors out there think about where you're working you're on hollywood's doorstep you're trying to get discovered (laughs) there's producers on that tram every day well, what? Okay. I believe the times this uh, actually worked out for anyone was zero, I yeah. think, but uh, I could be wrong. Hmm. Maybe people are quiet about their tour guide pass. Was the ha- and step by step was haunted, was the Tower of Terror was in the second episode, right? 
That was in part two. Yeah. That's okay. another uh, same thing. If we're talking about the Venn diagram, the Family Matters episodes are called We're Going to Disney World. The step-by-step episodes are called We're Going to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Started, started getting a little lazy. with the fo- And all of it basically cribbing the format of uh, what Full House laid out. So really, you got to give the, them the, the credit for cracking the formula. Full House right. called The House Meets the Mouse. Is that right? Well, more right. inventive title i'd yeah, say too more inventive title i by the time you, they get to step by step yeah they're repeating a lot of the attractions and stuff from uh family matters the mm-hmm. the big difference is uh in step by step they appear to be staying at the old key west resort the vacation club resort because they that was also, what I thought you would know which one. It, it's clearly a vacation club. Yeah, because they also they get dropped off in an old-timey car, which are parked in front of some of the hotels. But Jane caught that the car door had the vacation club logo very small on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think that's Key West because it looks like there's a golf course outside the door. Like they that. had to push that the with by getting a vacation club condo, there's plenty of room for your giant family to all yeah. travel to Disney World together. But they never mention it in this one. I feel like the other ones, they either name or at least have a big shot. Yeah, of, yeah. They lay on yeah. the, the promotion a lot thicker. Uh, um, what else about, about Family Matters before we move on? Other than that, like, I just enjoy this one quite a bit well no, no, i guess we're plot wise we have yeah carl deciding he's he wants to live in orlando he's going to give up the police force and then we also have waldo and eddie um struggling to, to make their way to orlando oh, yeah. and uh hanging out with india <laughs> the con artist yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of yeah. That's 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 not taking place in Disney World. That's on the road to Disney World, and it lasts both episodes. Kind of green screeny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another great uh, look. I love Jaleel. I love Reginald, and I don't know his name offhand, but the actor who plays Eddie's dumb friend, Waldo Geraldo Faldo. <laughs> I think that's a really solid. He had to, he was entering such a a tradition. Like I almost kind of follow Urkel as this as the the silly scene stealer on that show. Totally, um, and like I and and I'm sure I, this is my own immaturity in some way, and maybe you you all caught it, but like his joke, which is like a hundred miles away from a little town called Kenyatta, I I wasn't ready for the punchline. I didn't do the math, and so it it played for me when the reveal was that he was referring to Canada. Um, so some of the writing is yeah. hitting in the right way. Yeah, I love that. Like yes. the the fake deathbed story and the and Kenyatta and all of the like. Urkel like goes behind like he he well he crashes into luggage carts outside the hotel when he's driving yeah. and then that's definitely the, I feel like one of the big case explodes. Big laughs, like, yeah. big, like, genuine yeah. laughs in all of this. Um, there's a weird line where Myra calls the hotel and they can't get Urkel on the phone and she says, "What kind of Mickey Mouse place are you running?" Uh, and that is an old phrase. That's a very funny phrase to like have a shot, like a young person in 1995 say, <laughs> like what young person is using that, uh, <laughs> describing a hotel as a Mickey Mouse kind of place. Well, what young hip band is playing the hippie hippie shake? <laughs> That's true. Jason. Yeah. All well, right, guys, a, you know, there was a big 60s revival, nostalgic revival mm. in the 90s. So, you know, we have to think about what the coolest band in the world would be playing in this year, 1992. 
<laughs> I don't know, just make an ippy ippy shake and then we can go to lunch. Sounds good. Great. Great work again, gentlemen. That's oh, something I was going to say about um, Stefan and the whole, like, well, does Urkel become Stefan forever? I feel like we, we talked about this forever ago, Kyle. I think there was a point where Stefan split off. Like I split think, the atom so that Stefan could exist. I feel like that, that's Steve the Earth. final season, the CBS season. I could be wrong. Maybe it's also the season prior. But yes, they both exist. And then I believe the finale is like Laura choosing between uh, the series finale uh, between Stefan and, and Urkel. And she chooses Urkel. Am I wrong that the very final episode of the show is about like Urkel going to space and then it's not clear if he's going to make it back or not, and that maybe they left it un. Oh, that's familiar, but clear. I don't know. Are you thinking- well? I'm, I'm I'm the guy who claims that the Buttmaster uh, oh, is a made up. <laughs> Keep beating yourself up. That's what we wanted. That's what we asked yeah. for. Uh- <laughs> I would go back in time if Urkel could build a time machine. I'd go back in time and stop prevent myself. There would be like a thing that would come through, and I would like grab no, the microphone I'm so out of my happy hand. It happened. <laughs> it's the D Buttmasterizer. <laughs> um, he might have made it back from space. Yeah, I are think you thinking of the he... Elf? Are you thinking of the Elf season f- uh, series finale? We where... can find out. I think I think so. In the like unresolved nature right, of where it, Elf yeah. gets like uh, gets kidnapped by the FBI, and then that's the, they thought there would be another season. <laughs> And then that was just the end of the show was Alf in custody. <laughs> well, it's called Lost in Space Part 2 is the final episode. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, not, so not Buttmaster Part 2. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry, though, Kai. I hope, I, hope you're, I, I hope you're not actually offended by that, though. Is there a plot synopsis of the second episode? It does seem like uh, I, I think he promises not to go to outer space again, okay. um, and then they. I think they do. Uh, Urkel and Laura kiss, so I think Laura does end up with Urkel ultimately. So okay. Myra's out of the picture completely. But in this case, and there's no Stefan. Interest. It looks like hmm. did he gets stuck in space. He left Stefan. <laughs> That's up what in space. happened to him. Yeah, Stefan was just fired into space because they didn't want to deal with the moral quandaries <laughs> anymore. Some uh, clarity on the Stefan stuff. The permanent Stefan made several more appearances throughout the series and proposed to Laura again before the series finale. After weighing, weighing her choices in the flashback episode, Pop goes the question. Laura chooses chose Steve over Stefan. So it's not. I'm, I'm incorrect that it was the finale where that that choice is made. Got so it. Stefan he- banished to limbo, banished to the Phantom Zone <laughs> to suffer. Uh, you know, he was never asked to be born. Honestly, you know, he yeah, gets kind of a raw deal. You know, it's yeah, a crazy. Really. It's a person who starts their life at twenty three or whatever. Like he had no childhood. It's right. a bizarre existence that Stefan Urkel lives. Yeah, he just woke up one day. He just he was. was. He just was, it's and he really- just was fine. Urkel. <laughs> yeah. Urkel played God. Urkel was playing God. Let's be honest. And where better to do it than Epcot Center? It's, yeah. a, it's celebrating invention and the great minds. Ray mm-hmm. Bradbury, this Stephen Urkel. Exactly. Um, he uh, they, they so Laura admits what she did in an emotional scene with heavy music in a, a United Kingdom gazebo. Uh, look, I sabotaged the chamber. She has to say 
and sell through. Um, and Urkel agrees that the uh, ultimately agrees that the machine is immor- uh, amoral, I believe, amoral. in sort of a, a Back to the Future 3 kind of destroying right. the DeLorean situation. Um, and Forfeits he, he the contest. Oh, that's yeah. what that's why he says that. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. And he uh he doesn't win and neither does David Lander, the uppity guy with a suitcase car. Um it goes to the the woman with the the food processor. Which it was an impressive invention. Yeah, she mm-hmm. dumps a she bunch of raw food into it. Dropped room. a raw chicken and like carrots in there and then it came out as a, a it's arranged and nice plated meal. nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um mm-hmm. And I mean, that's kind of that episode. Any other Family Matters uh, op- observations? It's just a fun one. I like it a it lot. It doesn't. Yeah, the, that one lacks maybe in some of like the more of the epic like set pieces. I would say, but I like the uh, so. I, I like the intervention. I like interventions as being a big part of it because it's so locked in time. Oh, yeah. and everybody's in the crazy uniforms, like the Imagination yes. Institute. Uh, um, yeah, it's that kooky 90s uh, Bill Nye, that new Epcot era. Yep. Um, it's fun to see it preserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Interesting that it's the only one where, like, they think about, like, oh, what if we just had a character whose whole thing was they're going to have a lot of fun at Disney World? That's their whole story arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you'd think they would have a moment uh, like that in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's sort of, in a way, they, they with the thin plot device... That is given to Flash. That's almost what is happening. That's, like he, it's a yeah. guy who has a like a moral imperative to have the most fun in Disney World that he can have. That's true. Um, it was a little hard to track step by step because at this point, and even before this, step by step has too many goddamn characters, uh, and a lot of them are very similar. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. I still, I, I wa- this is the one that I watch the most now. By the way, like in the recent yeah. past, I've the one I've seen the most recently myself. Even though probably it was like still eight years ago, but yes. Is is there a way to to just quickly uh, capture what is the step by step magic that I, I think you and I have? bonded over it's some of this uh, stuff like i the, think it's uh, yeah our relationship with pop culture yeah totally I'll, and i've never attempted to articulate it so i so forgive me that that i might not but it's like cody for instance i think uh who's not in this episode cody the sasha, sasha mitchell has been let go from the show at this point um, he's the he was kind of the goofy scene stealer the attempt at the urkel on this show who's yeah. sort of a like fifth generation bill and ted wayne and go and that's uh, i think yes he represents his connection to like what uh i think the writers or abc or whomever like kind of uh, what they're trying to project as like 90s cool he is he is that and i think that's one of the main things i love about the show and uh a la jt and cody jt's world like their version of wayne's world it's like they're trying as a kid, as a, let's say, 10-year-old, and my older brother was actually, like, watching Saturday Night Live and, like, loved the Wayne's World movies, this felt like, okay, I'm getting something cool, too. This is just as cool as that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it was a way to, like, kidify what teens are into. It's totally. like, late night a little bit, cracking into TGIF. And, like, similarly, like, I remember this quote that stuck with me with Boy Meets World, also a TGIF show, where it's, like, uh, uh, Corey... Is like we're the MTV generation. We listen to alternative rock and watch Beavis and Butthead. 
and it like gets a massive applause or 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 laugh from the audience but just uh i feel like step by step has that thing where like it almost felt cool in a way that like uh family matters certainly with the introduction of stefan that felt very cool and there are, once we like started to see like urkel play basketball super well that was really cool and and, and eddie was cool but like step by step felt like the most relatable and and uh and a good a good thing going in, in terms of that well, and that like sort of that early '90s definition of cool that like Michelangelo was right. like everything kind of decided for us. A like doofy surfer guy is the ultimate <laughs> what what cool is. Right. Um, it's also, but I think it's then it's like the most fun to watch now because it it like almost worked really great then and much less so now. Like Family Matters, just by being solid, probably is seems like the highest quality show today. But Step by Step you watch and just has these like jaw-dropping choices, these bizarre things. Like you were saying, this thing that we love where they just had characters who were Beavis and Butthead. They just kind of stole Beavis <laughs> and Butthead and put them on the show. Just two kids show up and go, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but then they reference being aware that that Beavis and Butthead exists too. It's just the weirdest thing ever, or that they like stole Wayne's world. It's so weird. I think what makes this episode so significant and interesting is this 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 primary plot surrounding the kid Flash. We get to Disney World. Everybody's anticipating what they're gonna do. There's some somebody's looking at a trivia book and learns that the person who did the most rides and shops <laughs> and restaurants that covered all of it in Disney World was a a guy from Russia. And this character Flash here's this who's a, f- a friend of the family right he's not in the, f- the family uh he's just joining them and he hears this and he's indignant i think he even says a russian holds the record that's a disgrace yeah <laughs> he does say well, that and the wall fell years before this this is 1996 <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I, children still mad about yeah. russia <laughs> We had to keep them mad. They're mad. We had to stay mad. We're mad at them still. So, they they yeah. hacked the election. We this know, is we even this. like Flash has been introduced in the episode at this point uh, after we kind of learn in Orlando that like it's not just going to be uh, the fan. It's there, there. There are a few extensions joining the family like uh, Jason Marsden and and Flash. And I don't recall like seeing Flash on TV when the show show aired. I. I can't until I rewatched this show years ago, um, but he was definitely a replacement for Cody. And his introduction is so awesome to me. I don't know what it is like. Hey, uh, you forgot your hammer. Like, it's so cartoonish. And like, you're just like catapulted in this into this universe where Flash exists. And you're kind of like, Who, what is happening? This oh. kid comes in with very Michael J. Fox ripoff <laughs> energy. He traveled across the country to give the main character, Frank Patrick Duffy, his hammer back. Uh, um, and then suddenly the episode is just about him and about <laughs> him trying to regain the the ride record for America. And like not having the show memorized years later i'm like okay so i guess at some point they gave it over to this guy flash like uh they got rid of cody because the actor is like did some 
awful stuff. So they had to just bail on him mid-season. He's gone. Uh, so we need a goofy guy. It's Flash. We're going to bring Flash in. And I think yeah. I assume, like, so they must have planted the seeds of Flash slowly throughout the season to give him this big spot. His first episode was the episode before this. Wow. He's all, this is the, the Disney World episode is the second episode ever of Flash. And this actor only has one credit before all this, which is one episode of Full House. So... Uh, his third and fourth episodes of television ever are a massive plot using all of the rides and facilities of Disney World devoted to him. His fourth episode of television he's ever done is him in an American flag jacket waving an American <laughs> flag in front, like with all of Main Street cheering him yes. on. Wow. And this is never, he's brand new. He's and I wanted to, uh, and I, I, again, like, I, I know we, we spoke briefly about who are these are we seeing background actors? Or are we seeing park park goers in these background scenes like this, like him running down Main Street? And I couldn't help but think like the idea of like, if you are a park goer in 1996 or 1995 or whatever, and like you find out that they're shooting step by step and you're like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that. That sounds awesome. And you're, you're told to basically just like, you're going to, you're going to be here. You're going to root one of the main characters from step by step running along main street. And then it turns out it's flash and you just have <laughs> no idea what you're seeing or interacting with. I was <laughs> really responded to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you're like, a, if you have a huge crush on Brandon call, <laughs> like right. ultimate heartthrob, Brandon call, and then all you only get to see him super far away up by the castle and you're, and you're like, Who's this guy? Jeff Jude? I've never heard of Jeff Jude. I I misremembered, by the way. I had always thought it was that the nephew that it was Cody who did the like I'm trying to ride everything, and that it was him who did the Indiana Jones. I I remembered there was a character, so it was probably him who did the Indiana Jones show because a kid wanted to see it, but he's gotta get to the airport soon. Which it's also like, kid, don't save your favorite thing for last. Are you crazy? Do it first. What if it breaks down? Like, what are you thinking, kid? Yeah. Yeah, so so then, in theory, he, like, Flash speaks to whoever, whoever is in charge and is able to, like, costume change into the indie role and then do that upcoming show. But later on, they say that he claims that they're slowed down in terms of this record-breaking run because of what happened at the indie stunt show. But it seems like it actually moved on time, if this makes any sense, because he kind of probably took that. I'm sorry to be, if this is a convoluted point I'm making, but it's like he did that upcoming show. He spent the same amount of time performing it that he would have spent watching it. Is that accurate? Right. Yes. Yeah. If part of his duty was to watch every single show, then that's the exact same amount of time, regardless of whether it's an actor indie or him himself doing the dangerous stunts with no vetting or rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. This this one, I think, takes some of the biggest swings in terms of stuff that could never happen. I mean, this entire scenario that he sets out to get this record and it's just an indie enterprise initially that the character mark the nerdy son is helping him with but then all of the resources of disney world get behind flash and his trying to bring the record back to america pro america agenda yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all of the people in lab coats in a place called ride central (laughs) right 
They're not gonna it's let casually a child tossed back off. There. Yeah, we're gonna have to. T- I'll go talk to Disney Ride Central, and then suddenly he just is. You don't see a scene of him talking his way in or seeing if that exists. He's just there, and then there's like an Apollo thirteen type crew all tensely watching every move, and there's cameras everywhere. This is like Kristoff and the Truman Show, mm-hmm. like. We've got all every possible eye on everywhere that Flash could be. And it's all, you know, it is a lot of fun because now you get to see a guy just having fun on all the rides, but with the sort of like uh, the ticking clock of he's running out of the China Pavilion. He just had a blast at the Circle Vision movie. And then uh, the kid who never has anything to do on the show uh, has a churro right there waiting for him. Um, you know, it's got like a, it's got a pace to it. There's, there's a clock on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 one line I wrote down, just maybe which uh, falls in line with this, whatever I was getting at in terms of this being representative of like a cooler, like our kind of watered down Wayne's world or whatever is he does uh, coming off the, the teacups, Flash says something to the effect of like, uh, the G-forces have my stomach set to hurl, on hurl. <laughs> the G-forces of the teacups. <laughs> like hurl i think it's just the perfect kind of encapsulation of like oh as a 10 year old like okay this show's actually cool if they're saying the word hurl <laughs> they're talking yeah. about gross stuff gross stuff we all do they're willing to address it on tv they talk like my it's friends brave. and i talk hi <laughs> this relates to me as an, as an adult he drops so hard because he basically does like a trust fall like he's passing out and goofy catches him and he gets so low to the ground before Goofy catches him. I was so <laughs> impressed with that. Like he th- he like Chris Farley style, like physical, like threw his body down and really trusted that Goofy to catch him. And Goofy did. But I would wonder if there was like another take where he like c- cracked his head on the cement. Flash trying to make a good first impression. You know, he's giving it his all. He's on his second or third gig, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty. He does really carry it for having not really been on TV before. He's the star of this episode right. in big locations. He's he's really got to sell all this stuff. And it, yeah, is he? I mean, like you get the idea that he works for Patrick Duffy in that first scene, right? I mean, like I guess like if you showed this to somebody who's never seen the show, like yeah, he passes it all. Like there's no question. This could be the star of the show. He seems like he's always been there, yeah, even though he just showed up in, like, a construction hijinks episode, the, <laughs> the prior episode to all this. Uh, um, he, and he sells some great topical jokes. This could be the, 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 if we don't get this back, it'll be the worst thing that happened to America since Roseanne sung the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Yep. That very feels topical. very tiny tunes, like they're trying to, like, everybody's pushing R- Roseanne is weird. When did, um, when did Roseanne sing the national anthem? What year? 90. Is that a joke? Five years? A five-year-old joke already? <laughs> I think so. But the, but again, that's as like up to date as you're right. getting on what, this ABC programming. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the rest mm-hmm. of the show, I feel like all these shows are just really littered with like Chia Pet and the Clapper. Right. There's all that sort of which I guess is vaguely recent. But Buttmaster. Uh, and but Butt- and let's and say Buttmaster. it, Buttmaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, to shift things over to Suzanne Summers, to Carol, we were talking about this, about their, this is the, in, they get the horniest plot in this episode. Frank and Carol, uh, Duffy and Summers are trying to, uh, you know, they, basically they were trying to take a, uh, 
uh, an anniversary trip. And then it got ruined because his mom showed up and said, I'm dying soon. I want to take everyone to Disney World. Uh, a horrible thing to happen. Uh, so they're just like so pent up and horny this entire. But she's trying to Suzanne Summers is trying to find ways for them to break off and have a little fun. Like when they, you know. They, they, somebody brings up Peter Pan. Oh, that's a kitty ride. Oh, I don't know. A slow moving fantasy ride in the dark. <laughs> we all know this. The sexiest ride uh-huh. that you could ever. If there is a place where you were going to. What would the show say? Do the nasty? That that might be. Ooh, too much. Side, uh, too no, much. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Feel, I feel like we. So I, I feel like been. Cody may have done like a. I've never. D- I've never done the sideways monkey dance. <laughs> <laughs> the horizontal mambo. Though I will say, I did make note that, like, uh, I was kind of taken aback that in in the beginning of the episode, JT, in reference to his parents flirting, says something to the effect of, like, you guys are too old to have sex anyway. And just yeah. hearing the the word sex was... Off-putting, I thought. Yeah. Nine thirty, the gloves come off. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I yeah. They, you would think there would have been a euphemism there. Yeah, at least they would. The, the, da- the oldest daughter would say, "Like I have sex, mom. Okay, I have sex. Do you have a problem with that?" I don't know. I guess that was like the the maybe that was the core idea of the show. We are gonna right. We're gonna address stuff and be uh, sort of uncomfortable <laughs> throughout. Mm-hmm. The boys trying to lose their virginity, that, that's alluded to, that this is the night they're going to, they are going to run this con where JT pretends that he's JT Disney, and this will be the path <laughs> to them both losing their virginity right. yes. together. You're everybody's dream with their best friend, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, like that scene in Fargo. Yeah. Um, they go to, uh, I alluded to this earlier, Panetta's. They pay the bill at this very expensive restaurant. No restaurant ever existed at Disney World called Panetta's. That was a fake sign oh. made. This is fake. The building is, it was called the Portobello Yacht Club. Now it's called Terralina at what is now Disney Springs. But yeah, here's, here's the back to the Buttmaster point. Nine Dragons is referenced, is, That's which real. is a real Ep- a real Epcot restaurant in the, mm-hmm. in in the World Showcase, and Panetta's is not. So again, they're inconsistent logic in this episode where it's That's like, right. why not just use? Thank you for that. Real yeah. up, real places. Why is that? Where a Disney person jumped in and go like, don't don't go around talking about things being too expensive for people at Disney World. That like, was probably their logic is because they have to say it is expensive, but they could That's why I looked fame. it up. The girl is really whiny about it. Like, we want to go to Panetta's, but it's way too expensive. And I was like, that can't be... They would never allow that <laughs> yeah. to be said about a real restaurant. I, I will say... I, fancy. I am impressed by this hustle. Like, call, uh, claiming yourself to be JT Disney is funny to me. That's like a cool idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing he to, had do. to like, Did he have to think on his feet about, like, what is the relation? Is he the grandson? Did he have to, like, spit out facts about him or, like, what he made in the will or, like, what his shares are at this point? Yeah, how would you prove that? Other than with like a, a limo, a local Orlando limo company. <laughs> yeah. In 1996, it would be much harder to prove. And like the Disney kids and cousins, like there's a lot of them. There's a lot of grandkids and cousins and stuff. 
What would he could have like you know he's like sign his name like Walt? Yeah. <laughs> the like, font. At, see, that's how I sign. Yeah, that's see, the thing. We the, all do it. We all do it. I th- also like I, I I mean I I'm assuming you guys made this connection maybe not as deep or as interesting as uh Steve is to Aladdin the cartoon but Jason Marsden is a heavy uh Disney voice actor and was the I don't know if he had done Max Goof at this point but maybe Probably. maybe Probably. that might have come out or was like about Around to the same or time. same yeah. year yeah. yeah i'm not sure when goofy movie came out he had a really funny moment i didn't even write it down that like felt like it could be improvised it could have been scripted but i thought was like oh that's funny i think it's like he walks past captain hook maybe and he's like love your movies by the way yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is which good. like it, he, he definitely performed it in an off-the-cuff way that was like okay he's he's got some chops he's funny <laughs> yeah he's just very pro he's just like very broadway pro <laughs> yeah, well-spoken yeah. hits his mark every movement has purpose uh, just this it's a really good it's a really good marsden scott yeah got a marsden i got a marsden wow. in the pocket because <laughs> <laughs> i thought my you said that i think nobody had any Nobody had anything to say about my, uh, here's your hammer back. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry we didn't say it before. It's a great, it a great Jude. Day. Day. You got it. Yes. <laughs> I do Marsden. You do Jude. We, we cover the gamut. If anybody wants to grab a Christopher Castile, uh, it's the balls in your court. I'll workshop it up at the uh, uh, Laugh Factory. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's open? <laughs> Uh, Panetta's go to Panetta's does a stand up night. Go, uh, a, a big thing we've not gotten to speak too much about <clears throat> that I, that I, I thought was really fun was, well, Karen's whole plot and, and the song girls with guitars, I thought was, Oh boy. Yeah. Something of no mom's worry. Girl, yeah. Guitars. Now do you think this, th- th- does this predate like the Dixie chicks? Do you think? Or is this at the same time? Because like it felt like they, that's they what... were not popularized, I think, but may- maybe they were like quiet on the rise. But they certainly hadn't hit yet before Natalie. I know they were around before Natalie Maines joined the band, which is sort of the part that made like skyrocket of them. But apparently, they were around since '89. The original, the oh, other okay. two. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, this song is great. So uh, the all the girls are hanging out together at Pleasure Island, which it's great to see Pleasure Island at great. its prime. Big Jessica Rabbit way in the back on a sign. Um, so many clashy styles of buildings. It's just awesome to see uh, uh, Karen, one of the daughters who is has pursued country music before, gets a flyer which she reads in a very like Marsha Brady stilted country music competition this Friday. Top prize gets five hundred dollars. Music scouts in audience, guys. We have to do this. Maybe also like a like a uh, live band accompaniment. There is like some phrase in there that it's like provided. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give chord changes if you can. <laughs> Only do one uh, verse, chorus, and bridge, guys. We have to do this. Every every competitor allowed to walk off in disgrace once and then come back. That's to be fair. That's how I read the rules of the coffin challenge to Anthony Geo at Six Flags Fright Fest. <laughs> you have to spend three days in a coffin and you can't stand up except for peeing breaks. Oh, we have to do this. Top prize is six hundred dollars, Anthony. <laughs> what yeah. are we waiting for? Uh, yeah, she go. They work up a little country act. They rehearse this song, "Girls with Guitars," which is a Winona Judd song. Oh, okay, that, this is a, a song that exists. 
It is. A, I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Girls with guitars exist. Um, girls with guitars. It will be in my head forever. Having watched this, they do a scene with horrible sound back in the hotel room. The band breaks up immediately, um, but then they join her ultimately for the big show with the neon armadillo. Um, she uh, really eats shit on try one and then crushes it on try two. How do you as uh, the, the all of you? perform to some degree how do you deal with uh scenes in television film like this with the like the person getting on stage and um in this case her her vision we 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 get her perspective and her vision blurs and like she just can't get <laughs> oh, the yeah, words to come out. for step by step yeah yeah do you um, do it? I'm just asking, yeah, what your, like, psychological, if, if it just doesn't bother you or it does bother you as a performer on that level. I don't know. I feel like any time I've seen that, usually it's before someone takes the stage or, like, uh, I feel like usually just adrenaline kicks in, like, even if you're nervous, you know? I've never yeah. watched anyone, like, run off stage and then come back and do it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, even in, like, your, like, 101 improv, like, class performance nobody you like i've never seen anyone flip out like this usually just somebody says something dumb like yeah you're saying like that it is it is maybe uh kind of like the trope is that they'll just be like a full minute of silence and people glaring and yeah fuzziness less i was commenting on like the reality uh versus what we're seeing like i guess i'm just as somebody who goes i get nervous when i see these well maybe like i'm fearful of this current i guess i'm just wondering if it stresses you guys out was kind of what i was getting uh, at i see uh i do have nightmares like this like I don't I feel like I get a little nervous before I go on stage, but um not to this level, but I do have dreams where I'm on stage and don't know my my lines or don't know what to do. Yes. Yeah, not being prepared, yeah, for sure. I don't know that th- like seeing this now without something I'm nervous about that's in the arena doesn't stress me out necessarily. You weren't nervous. Okay. Cuz I like I I guess it maybe put too much uh, of my own um mental and and uh, like an investment into the performance of gr- girls with guitars and like i re- did really want it to go well yeah i yeah. i get i get as a kid of for sure stuff like this would stress me out i mean i think i've said this before on the show one of my favorite movies seeing in the theaters as a kid was the lassie movie like from 1993 or four was because there's literally no conflict at the end there's no like stressful thing so i can relate even especially being a kid anything like this would really stress me out to like feel like the character is having sort of a breakdown. I also had an anxiety attack in real life a couple of weeks ago, so I really, I guess, oh. uh, it's. I guess if now that you're pointing it out, and if I were to rewatch it, I might actually feel a little more stressed out by it. Okay. I, I didn't mean. I, I don't want to do that to you. No, no. I'm, but I. It's an interesting question because it is something I don't think about in the context of performing until I had like an audition or i'm doing a show sure. um are we saying when- that girls with guitars is a chillingly accurate representation of the performer spotlight is it like the most gripping hmm. what it is like to be in that position well it's no it's really not any different from b rabbit choking in eight mile it's like almost the exact same thing yeah. so if that has a ton of merit or did when that came out i don't see why we shouldn't maybe give I mean, that 
he does get a second chance, right? He he comes back and kills it, if I'm remembering. Just that like correctly. Karen. Just like mm-hmm. Karen. Yeah. She comes back. She feels great. I mean, like she's immediately you see her confidence on stage when she comes back the second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even a ramp up. It goes great. It cuts around to everyone in the family and a bunch of like weirdos there for a country music new star night. Yeah, the um, grandmother's French side piece, like a stranger <laughs> she met. Oh yeah, speaking of Lassie, Lassie's June Lockhart. Lassie's uh, June Lockhart. God bless plays. her. I didn't I yes. Uh she was on Lost in Space as well, right? She's, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, who ultimately solves the problem of that solves Frank uh, and Carol's main problem of um, that they can't find anywhere to have sex because she offers up her uh, condo, mm-hmm. which is so it works out great. They get to sneak away on the last night to his mother's Kissimmee condo <laughs> and have <laughs> sex in her bed <laughs> while she because she's hooking up with a french guy mm-hmm. uh, at his place presumably uh, i think the sound just i like the sound of jason sheridan's Kissimmee condo don't you <laughs> that sounds pretty good if you say it out loud yeah. well maybe one thing to mention also just like the rush to do everything at disney world within four days sounds like a job for mike carlson do you think you could get the record? Absolutely, I do. I, so I, I absolutely <laughs> was thinking about this because there's going to be an we're upcoming episode whenever Disney Genie launches and I'm going to compete against the app to do the most stuff in a day. It's like, what, what's, the, what's the chess program? Deep oh, Blue? Uh, oh, Deep, Deep Blue. Blue. Gary yeah. Kasparov. I'm yeah. going to beat Deep Blue, basically, and <laughs> planning. But yes, I was watching this going, I bet I could do this and I bet I could do this quicker and i could like bring home a bigger victory for america for a a character who people have spent a lot more hours with flash was uh, coming up on his finishing up his third half hour we've done more than that in this episode alone (laughs) a lot more yes good point the fictional (laughs) character mike carlson is more beloved than carlson yeah than flash the character put the hours in and that's who should the russia wasn't the disgrace it was giving it to a guy with barely any screen time like flash i will say i I do feel like flash maybe had a big advantage from what i could tell in that like uh concession persons and souvenir persons were truly just handing him things there was no Money exchange I saw, I felt like he just grabbed stuff and that was accomplishing his uh, his feat there. Yeah, at Nine Dragons, they just hand him the little um, thing of... Uh, uh, Chinese Shrimp of Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you'd have to... Yeah, I think it's maybe impossible to do this without the Disney apparatus helping you. I think if you explained, I'm trying to beat Flash's record, the character from Step it, by Step, they might help you out. If we can figure out... If somebody can actually like a re, like figure out exactly what Flash did... Let's l- like write it down on a list and see what day we, by how day we, how how much time it would take us. This is me. complicated because there was no Animal Kingdom yet. So how does that I factor think Animal in? Kingdom's out. If it's just you're trying to beat Flash, I think it has to be what existed. What then. they had in 1996. And then it'll be tricky, though, of course, because they don't have quite the same, you know, a lot of stuff is gone. And lots of they're gone. not up to full strength down there operation wise. at the moment. So, you'll, you know? yeah, you'll have to figure out like what substitutes rides if there's a different ride that exists. This is really complicated. Yeah. Well, and it's complicated because you you just are going to have to skip all the lines and not stop and appreciate them. Well, it will be a, it'll be tough, but 
I will keep remembering what a victory I'm bringing home for the red, white, and blue. <laughs> so is a greater good. It's for uh, our country, yeah. which was which is hurting so much more so than back then. Ninety six. Those are prime times. America needs a victory now, and you could be that victory. Yeah. How about we do this? Is there a way to just look up? Is there a Russian record for most <sighs> Disney World stuff done in four days? And whatever in real world that exists, if there is a record like that specifically done by somebody from russia then i will try to beat that <laughs> and that's a cleaner way to do it see that's going to be hard we're going to have to find like a really neutral source though because our propaganda apparatus would underplay the the what they did in four days and their propaganda apparatus would would upgrade it right okay yeah well we'll get uh, in the Mueller report does he get into any of the russia's russians doing Disney World challenges, or I didn't read the whole thing. You know, I'm not really sure. I'm so busy saluting him. (laughs) Might be deep in there. They address Flash. They address the Disney World issue. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get you going on this. Uh, uh, Yeah. Bring bring the record back home to real people and not fictional characters who barely appeared on the show. Exactly. Uh, um, Flash did not come back, by the way, in the next season. He was replaced by. (laughs) Yeah. By, Bronson by a Frenchman, Pinchot. by Jean-Luc, yeah. played by Bronson Pinchot. By a drafted second in there. cousin Oliver. <laughs> uh, our first cousin Oliver didn't work out, this kid Flash. We got a second cousin Oliver coming. Uh, we should start winding it down. The uh, Anything else we want to say about these? Or, or, Kyle, having revisited these, is there just any like uh, uh, specific memories, or is it just like... Is it flashy? But do these like are these your favorite episodes of some of these shows? Uh, I mean, how uh, has it been? I, I do. Really, I, I, I know you were saying you think Family Matters is is your favorite and, and the best of, of these three. Yeah, I think that I, I had the, I definitely had the most fun watching Step by Step, and Flash is iconic. Yeah, well, I texted you before the, before well, before we got into this. I was like, we were like, what do we do? And you said, well, we got to do Family Matters and Full House. It's like, oh, we should do Step by Step. It's with the fast guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fast guy. What, none uh, of the other episodes have something as, as uh, short and iconic as that. What an idea. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're all so fun. And, and like I said, I love... Like we were talking about those moments um, where these characters are forced to sort of be off the cuff uh, and like kind of riffing on rides. Um, I think there's probably like more moments that if I went through all all three of these, we could find little times where they're like kind of ad libbing, like you were saying, not even correctly referencing rides. But um, I don't know any of these things. It's fun when you see your your favorite characters like taken somewhere entirely new so i i, I had a great time watching well, like, interesting the, that they're all two-parters yeah, yeah yeah which i think makes them fit together nicely we left out boy meets world really quickly a big thing uh, uh that happened then later is that dana from step by step shows up in the boy meets world episode like they were there they kept dana in disney world in time and she went and visited Corey on boy meets world on the same night of tgif oh wow Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, you know, it's a different format. It's not the two-parter. They don't spend as much time in Disney World. I figure oh, it makes sense to leave it out. Right. Let's focus on these. Focus on And the I saw also guy. there was, outside of TGIF, there was a, a Blossom and a Roseanne around the same time that also do... Um, yeah. Blossom to Disneyland, Disney Roseanne to Disney World, and then later Modern Family and Blackish. But and I haven't seen those. I don't know what they did, but it's tough to top 
Jesse and the Rippers on the white piano, the transformation chamber, the fast guy, um, yeah. his American flag jacket triumphant on the, the Cinderella Castle stage. I mean, these are all these are all wonderful moments, and it's uh, it's awesome to go back into them, and awesome to just remember uh, to and and meditate for a little bit on the Buttmaster. So thank you for bringing I, it to our attention. Yeah, I really feel bad about the Buttmaster stuff. <laughs> I feel bad too good. now. I feel bad for it. I actually almost I, this was a scenario where I almost forgot about I forgot about the buttmaster for a while and now it's oh, now shit. it's back. Yeah, well, I'm trying <laughs> to end on a little button. <laughs> I, I brought back a dark memory. It's, it's now um, it's like butt mas- buttmaster gate is like the <laughs> scandal from now on. <laughs> so but yeah, I, I feel bad. You, I'm gonna feel bad all the rest of the day. We, no, you please don't, Mike. I'm, I'm so thankful that you called me out on that. And, and I'm also thankful that you were able to f- reaffirm the argument I was trying to make, wherein we don't know what, what in our universe exists and what... It's, it's, it's a, it's a consistent, know, cohesive logic in pointing out things that are, yeah, invented. Based on the information we had at life. the time, the Buttmaster was relevant. It being a, a real thing is relevant. I'm glad we know about it. Um, thank you, Kyle Buttmaster Mooney, for <laughs> bringing it to our the table. You survived Podcast the Ride. Uh, you're, that's, a, that's a nickname to be comfortable with, right? You feel, mm-hmm. you feel fine about that? Yeah, um, about the Buttmaster <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we'll leave it, all right, we're leaving it behind. It stays in this episode. Uh, let's exit through the gift shop. I know that you have something to plug, but we've been talking about uh, this is a block of 90s television uh, with an acronym meant to air on a specific day of the week, which is applicable to your new show, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Let's talk about that, Yes, Kyle. our, our, our new show, Scott. Uh, well, oh, it's, I mean, like, you, Kyle. I feel if people have made it this far past all the Buttmaster and Flash stuff, uh, <laughs> they skip to the end for the promotion. They only want to hear the promotion. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, I, this is super relevant in the sense that like TGIF was something we were thinking about when Ben Jones and I, who, who co-created the show uh, with myself, when we first started talking about this seed of an idea, like I was definitely talking about TGIF and the idea of doing that condensed experience in a half hour and our show we try to do that essentially for the saturday morning cartoon experience so it's called saturday morning all-star hits the acronym is smash and uh scott was a big part of bringing it to life uh and yeah we tried to essentially replicate uh that saturday morning tv viewing experience so like we have kind of our own versions of late 80s early 90s cartoons um all condensed into a a 30 minute block but then the show evolves and it was really fun and and uh i I think we did a a pretty good job of sort of replicating the experience of 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 tv of the era i don't know what do you think scott i i I think so thank you for the credit on it i i'm like uh, i'm thrilled and proud to be part of it's surreal to even be actually talking about it as a tangible thing and within the podcast the ride setting and it does feel like excited to be doing this relevant to to what i imagine your listeners are are into and like there's almost like some like 
Uh, certainly Disney afternoon parallels, I would say. So like, for sure. Uh, That's what I was like. It's that kind of like the show is like it's it's a bunch of blocks of, of TV taped off of TV like you're watching it on a VHS later. And if listeners watch the Disney afternoon where shows would come in and out like now all right, there's gummy bears, but gummy bears is retired and goof troops coming in. That's kind of what happens within the single season of Saturday morning all star hits uh, like, you know, there's entire mini shows and then the show ends and a new one comes in. But there's also this this through line with the hosts of the show, the live action hosts, both played by Kyle, Skip and Trebor, who are kind of it's it really is the Urkelization or the Cody effect. I w- I, I'm almost I'm 99 percent sure, like in the uh, pitching of this show, we had like Skip and Trebor, you know, like think Bill and Ted, Dan Cortez. Cody oh, yeah, from yeah. Step by Step. Like, I think Cody was may have been the reason why Netflix uh, decided to make this TV show. I don't know. But uh, I think so. I mean, yeah, knowing that you could have a new Cody on your hands. I mean, yes. Just what that could times to your, your cash flow. Well, and, and on my end, Kyle, that you you set up a scenario where beyond like the dream team of people to work with you, Ben Jones's animation and art genius, uh, Dave McCary, your, your awesome friend and director, uh, besides working with all you guys and uh, and getting to write so much fun stuff, truly like kind of realizing that and like oh i'm like i'm like getting to write stuff for cody basically (laughs) this is as close as i can come to writing for step by step in 1994 so for that i really got to thank you the most well we were Um, when we were taught we're uh, yes subs are a a running theme in our show um and yeah, I don't sub, know when sub sandwiches like occupy the place of pizza within this like uh, what pizza was to the turtles subs are in this world. And certainly when I was like when we were talking about Cody and maybe what makes him cool or the idea of him being cool like that image came in my head of like somebody eating a sub sandwich on one of these shows always felt like a very cool thing. <laughs> Well, Carl Winslow, like I, you know, that that's his dream day is like he's settling down for a sub until Urkel comes Making in. Making a massive, super tall sub. <laughs> is this a Jason dream too? potential like build? I like oh, yeah. and it should be if you haven't. It's just like building the ultimate too big to eat in one day sandwich. You know, I try to leave that to the professionals. You know? <laughs> mm. I'd like These to see sandwich it, artists, if you will. Yeah, um, I'd like to see you try. Look, if you like if you like subs, if you like cartoons, if you like TGIF or the Disney Afternoon, if you like classic VO people, we have so many amazing Maurice LaMarche and Frank Welker and Eric Bauza and Chris Summer and all those people, like amazing voice talent as part of this thing. And if you like Kyle Mooney, if you like your old pal Scott, I think, uh, listeners, you will really enjoy Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Uh, I enjoyed working on it uh, more than almost anything I've ever been a part of, so thank you, Kyle, sincerely. And look, not not to be I, too sincere, not to make things awkward, but... No, I really appreciate it, it and a- like, you know, this is truly the beginning of my uh, of, of my press and support for, for the show, and uh, I'm just wow. really sorry about the Buttmaster stuff. <laughs> do, you, do you think you'll bring any Buttmaster-oriented material to any of the I think this is, that you... I think I'm going on, on Seth's show, and uh, it's like doing a podcast the other day. You know the Buttmaster is a real thing? 
They brought it, I thought it was like a joke on a sitcom. <laughs> they actually made this thing. I, uh, we have a picture if you want to uh, cut to that. <laughs> I don't I think want anyone kill. to got you. I don't, everyone, no one's going to do any gotcha journalism on you, hopefully. I'm going to be the only one who will have done it during this press tour. It's right, And I think it's, yeah. that's why we ran you through the ringer, because right. we know that you have you got big shows to do. We want you to kill it on there. And now, now I think you will. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I always have a great time with you guys, and it's good to see you. And I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for making time in New York. A lot of time. I'm, again, <laughs> embarrassed by the runtime. This happens. It happened with you before. Star Tours was very long. Look, this is how yeah. we do. Uh, check out Saturday Morning All-Star. It's on Netflix. Eight episodes, all available today. I guess, uh, yeah, and stick with the, the The show is fun all the way through, so, like, stick with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, like, I think there's an evolution and changes and surprises and, you know, I, a, a lot in store uh, as it as it evolves. Absolutely. So, uh, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits on Netflix right now. As for us, you can find us on the socials at Podcast The Ride. Merch is available in our T Public store. And for three bonus episodes every month, check out Podcast The Ride, the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Next week, Country Bear Jamber Week. Uh, and we've already started recording it, so we know... It, these aren't short either so no. load up for the winter you've got a so lot well. to hibernate with what's that we've been doing so well with like the i run time reasonableness lately, i feel yeah. like and then all of a sudden in the last week and a half it was like Mar- the springsteen concert length are back <laughs> as well as the quality i think everyone would agree uh-huh, the, what we're the stamina, the vigor we're bringing to the table. Uh, Lay, look, with that, check out Country Bear Jammer Week next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, see you next week in a flash. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced dog. by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.